What is up, Chomp Nation? Welcome to another edition of the Chomp Cast. We know life is precious and your time is valuable. So thanks for making our show part of your day or your night or your midday break, whatever the fuck that is. Hopefully we can return the favor by enhancing the grind of life just a little bit. We give you those legendary life boons you need to survive. Two video game references. Grind, experience, boons. Anyways, don't forget to go to swordchomp.com where you can find all of our written reviews, merchandise, podcasts, Patreon, you name it. Right now we have our top 10 game of the year podcasts up. So, uh, and those will be continuing to drop as the week, week continues. So, swordchomp.com. Check it out. <clears throat> Damn it, Josh! You got me, you dirty bastard! (laughs) (laughs) You dirty bastard. Speaking of dirty bastards. Last night I came home from work starving. (laughs) And a dirty bastard had eaten all your food. It's it's you're right. Starving a dirty... for some pussy. That's right, Morgan Barnes eating ass and pussy one mm. night at a time. For the mm. record, Shade took it there first. This I will not be held accountable. <laughs> he crossed the line first. I am home free. Okay. You can see his mark. What's that? What's that guy? Ouroboros, whenever I do that voice, you guys call me eating its own ass. Ken. Ken. DJ Kendo. <laughs> what's it? What's his oh, name? No. Ken Kniff. Kniff, oh. yeah. He hadn't made an appearance in 2021, so I yeah. figured it was time. Well, somebody it's only found, February. Somebody messaged me, and they're like, oh, I get it. That's from an Eminem album. And I was like, ah, Ken Kniff from Connecticut. There we go. Go check it out. He was a creepy guy who would call into Eminem and be like, I'm your biggest fan. I want to suck your dick and all that kind of stuff. So that's what it reminded me of. Anyways, thank you, Ken. Um, yeah, last night I came home from work starving. I rushed to the fridge. Just wanted to get something quick and healthy, you know, before I jumped into the shower. That's a weird place to look for some pussy and ass is the refrigerator. <laughs> okay, the only so thing I do before one. a shower is grab a beer to shotgun in the shower because uh, I'm depressed and broken. <laughs> that's, yeah. Party! That's true. I'm depressed. <laughs> it's a, something about having a beer in the shower is nice. It's, it's one of those weird magical things you can't quite put your finger on why. It is what it is, and yet, it is. Anyways, before I looked in the fridge for a uh, delicious treat, not pussy. Sorry, Ken. Mm. Disappoint you. If you were looking in the the fridge for pussy, I think that would make you a serial killer. <laughs> well, now that you mention it. Um. Anyways, I grabbed one of my uh, favorite lemon yogurts. It's the only kind of yogurt that I truly love. It's just regular yogurt that's gone bad. <laughs> that's you know that's uh not what the packaging says rich so unless the packaging says otherwise but yes can yogurt go bad isn't that how you make yogurt yeah it kind does of beg the question yeah yeah can yogurt one of the life's great questions that we will answer at some other time i ripped the top off held up the container cocked my head back and started squeezing that yo plate container into my mouth just shooting it right into my pie hole. My wife watched in horror as I imagined what resembled a human slave slurping the cum from a giant stripping cock as I shot the yogurt into my mouth. 
and thank you for making the show an appropriate first Shay, because then I don't feel so bad about that. The whole thing I was going to get into, but that's really how it felt, right? I had white gunk all over my beard. Now here's the thing: we need to stop right there and unpack that a little bit. Do we? Do you know? This is no. This is serious, Shay. As a biologist, do you know what the uh, opening at the end of the urethra is called? Mm-hmm. Nope. This is fascinating, okay? It is called the meatus. Isn't that weird? Your dick hole is actually called your meatus, and it, uh, your vagina hole as well. It's called the meatus. It's the hole, the opening. The, I huh? believe it's called an every hole. Yeah, look it up. It's called. I did a lot of research on this eat, last night. Oh, the meatus. Oh, the no. meatus. He saw a diagram and somehow missed that that was a different hole. He's like the guy that saw no, that no, pamphlet where they named the blocks the and meatus. Tetris. Yeah, no, that's not, it is fact. that's not the vagina hole. Well, it's a little different. I'm mostly referring to the penis. Yes, it's a little different. I'm pretty it's sure above they would just refer clitor- to it as like the vaginal opening. Yeah, so... A, like they don't need a, a term for it. No, a but like... A female meatus... Um, God. says, uh... Let's just see. let him do his thing. <laughs> well, it mostly refers to men. Yeah, it's a little different. You're right, Josh, for women. But um, for men, yes, the hole... Your penis hole, your dick hole, is called your meatus. Okay. It's Why true. Am this... I wrong about that? I'm right about no, that. Right? No, you're right about that. It's just somehow you're getting the terminology so wrong that you're... Like, you clearly understand what you're trying to say, but you're not saying it. Well, the thing is, it's... It, I, when I wrote the joke, I was like, oh, I wanted, is, to I, put, don't. I wanted to put urethra on there. And then I realized after looking at it, but the ure- urethra is just actually the, the transport tube, right? Urethra, urethra is I not barely know her. I feel like a lot of people mistakenly refer to the, the meatus as the urethra. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what meatus means to me. You gotta be R-E-S-P-E-C-T. honest, though. Meatus is a pretty gross name for it, if, if we're being honest. I mean, come on. Who did that? Who named it? I actually that? just looked, mm. and in two seconds, I found that it's called the introitus, and that primarily refers to the vagina. I don't, so, I don't, I don't know where you got meatus from, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. I, I think it's because you were searching what he was trying to explain, not what he meant, but, uh... Probably. Yeah, I think he's actually correct on this other than again like i uh, yeah i'm sure he is but I, I, morgan runs I over to how... a chalkboard in the corner of his room that just says I think, yeah, josh I... said i was right and adds a single dash. a single tally mark <laughs> <laughs> he's had that chalkboard for four years we all have to meet us right and anyways yes so as i was slurping if the you'd yogurt... like to meet us <laughs> from the meet patreon.com quarantine's done you can meet the whole crew at swordchomp.com. Yes, you can Skype us for our meetus. Um, anyway, here's the kicker. As my beard was covered with white goop, my wife just sort of laughed it off in disgust and horror, but she's used to that crap of me, right? She's used to me eating pizza with a fork. She's used to me leaving one last swish of milk in the milk container, not drinking it, and put it back into the fridge like some sort of monster, right? She's used to all of these things, and that's what makes us... A good couple. She understands me. She puts up with me. She you know, tolerates we, you? This we tolerate, but we also complete each other's uh, problems and issues, if you will. Um, and that was just something that happened literally last night. As it was happening, I realized how much of a disgusting human being I am. But the lemon yogurt was delicious. Now, 
The reason I bring that up is because we're actually talking about couples today. Good couples, memorable couples, interesting couples. In honor of Valentine's Day, which it will be this Sunday, this podcast will drop on Tuesday, which is right around then. We're talking about gaming couples, whether they're for a variety of reasons, memorable, interesting, fascinating, and and why we wanted to bring them up for a discussion. So, you know, it's it's the season of love or meet us. Um, there we go. Boom. Thank you, Shay. See? I'm not crazy, but see, isn't it interesting? We all learn what a metis is, and I'm sure our listeners are probably like, "Holy shit, I know what the metis is." And it only took 15 minutes. Well, the the thing well, was, your the the only confusion I had there was you're explaining it as it's specifically related to like the reproductive or the urinary area, but it can also apply to other things like the ear or the mouth. Like basically, any opening that goes from the outside of the body to the inside of the body is called a metis. Yeah, the metis is vast. It's true. Huh. Vastus Metis. <laughs> if it is, you should see a doctor. Super Metis boy. <laughs> it's the sequel nobody wanted. All right. No, wait, that already exists. Oh, but ding, ding. Zambo. It was only okay. Boom time. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. Um, so we're going to talk about a lot of memorable gaming couples, you know, and how in the hell Squall and Renoa got wiped off the face of the earth. Because they're in our listener a poll. bad couple. Well, that'll be fun to discuss. We catch up on a ton of games. Renault wasn't fear. in love. She had Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> Come on. Hold it. Save it, Rich. Hold it back. Come on. Right. We catch up on a ton of games. Bowser's Fury drops on the Switch. We continue on with the Messenger DLC, Cyber Shadow, Demon Souls, Rich Dives into Haven, and more. And I'm also going to ask our dear Shay at the end of the show why he thinks our audience, for whatever reason, preferred Hollow Knight over his Game of the Year, Ori. But let's get to some intros from New York. The one and only Rich Meister is here. He writes sins, not tragedies. How you doing, Rich? Um, You know, I've been better. Uh, the past couple of days have been hard because I had to edit your Game of the Year list. So you said, did you say you were hard editing my Game of the no, Year list? No, I said it was, it was hard. <laughs> oh. It was difficult. Because it was like, it was like a a truck crashed into a dictionary. Was it like someone smashed a hammer into your metis? No. Um, I wanted to actually congratulate you in person because I don't know how you did it, man. Um, <laughs> is in your in your numbering. <laughs> Like you picked a different piece of punctuation to separate the number from the text than every instance. I told you I just do this shit on my phone. You're like, and this time we'll use a question mark. And I'm like, that one doesn't even make any sense. Look, it's it's organized chaos on my phone, right? I just sling it to you. I wouldn't call it organized. You're look at it this way. I'm, the gold is in there. You just have to sift through it, like like a gold peddler in the rivers in the forties. They're just shift sifting through. Sift through it with a cement mixer. You sure? Peddler. Um, but we did. Um, <laughs> sure. We, we did. We did salvage a whole article out of that. Yeah, and, we did. Uh, Go down to the creek I, to peddle some gold. I think there was a a mix up. Uh, like it was confusing enough that Godfall was on your list at all, but there were two games behind it, and one of them was Demon Souls. Baffling. Rich was really upset. Yeah. Oh, you ruined my joke. Like I said, I just it's not That's like those. Those games are not better or worse for me. I just I'm not comfortable putting games I haven't finished above games I have finished. It's like a general principle thing. It's not about quality of the game per se. It's very possible that both those games would have been much higher than Godfall if I had finished them. I have no way of knowing. 
I'm a man of principle, Rich. I have principles. The only way Godfall should have been in your top ten is if only ten games came out this year and one of them was Godfall. I'm gonna I'm gonna email Keith Lee right now. He's a creative director for Godfall. I'm gonna send him a strongly worded letter about this. And what's he gonna say? Why are you telling me that your your coworker doesn't like my game? <laughs> Actually, Godfall DLC dropped uh, this week, so that was great, great news. Um, well, I wouldn't even know if I could go as far as calling it DLC, but it was like an expansion of sorts, like more so levels. Was it content and... for the game you downloaded? Oh, I could. I'll, we can go over it later. Well, I'll go because I think it. With... I think it fits the criteria. Then no, you know what? I will play it this week, and then we can go over it next week, just for you. Because um, I know you love it so I'm much. I'm gonna miss the uh, show next week, guys. Shay mm. Layton joins us from Japan, the one and only. I mean, if we're here for a Valentine's Day show, Professor Layton has a degree in love making. I'm sorry, coitus. He's got a degree in coitus. I was gonna say I have a degree in fucking. <clears throat> I got it from the complete legitimate, legitimate and online college, the College of Boning. Um, I that's spent- where Shay and I met. It's bone in. There's no G. B O N I N. College of bone in. I'm sorry. That that is the offshoot. That is not fully accredited, mm. Morgan. Uh, you're thinking of the other one. Uh, the College of Boning is yes. That is the college where Rich and mm. I met. And um, at first we were kind of rivals. We were trying to see uh, who could get the highest and top score in our respective classes. Um, such classes as. Missionary class, um, foreplay class. I'm great at missionary class. How to use lube. Tiddlywinks. Uh, th- these were all classes that we... Um, <laughs> that we... The study of wieners and gonads. <laughs> that we took part <laughs> together. Um, and then we ended up actually writing... Where's the P-Stored 101? Rich, I don't remember what you wrote your thesis on. My thesis was on uh, the art of the owie. Um, what did you write? <clears throat> your th- my my th- thesis was was titled "Rich Meister's Tips to Fuck Good." Oh, okay, mm. yeah, but uh, after it was you a know, after tape. the third year, after our junior year, we kind of we decided why are we fighting this, and we we uh, teamed up and we both got each other some straight A's. We were I better as lovers. Well, we decided. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were a few times mm. where. Rich and I, you know, we had these diagrams and we were studying and it kind of got hot and heavy and, um, mostly cause I kept turning the heat up to like 95, but well uh, that, yeah, that was part of it. It fooled him. I remember one time. What was the Rich, heavy? Uh, that was the hot. But... Rich put his hand on my lap and, uh, with a lot of force. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I really felt something. Who's the top? Who's the bottom? I it... mean, it, like you can be switch hitters is the thing. We're both very agile, so we were actually moving around yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. I remember this one. I remember this one time. It was like having where, sex on the uh, Gravitron. Rich and I were just laying on my bed, and he looked over. <laughs> he looked over at me, and uh, he just said, "Get on me now," and that's all I needed back then. That's all I needed. I pu- I paused Croc, and we just let it happen. <laughs> You paused Croc? Wow, that's that's <laughs> yeah. special. It was, it was amazing. It was like it was like taking a bottle of Crisco, putting it on the bottom of your sled, and just sledding down the snowiest hill that you could imagine as a kid. It was just it just happened that quickly. Yeah. And before we knew it, the puddles of sweat 
an astroglide just gleaming off of the sheets as we rode down that beautiful, beautiful mountain. And uh, yeah, yeah. It, if if they pause Croc to text you back, that's the one. Or when it, well, I don't know. I want I want someone that's devoted to Croc. I'm sorry, Rich. I don't want them to stop playing Croc for any. It was Croc reason. Two. I don't know if that changed. Oh, things. okay, okay. Whew. That's fine yeah, then. That's as long as the Gobas were safe. <sighs> um. Well, thank you for that, Shay. Um. We just got six degrees of Shay Layton. So speaking of degrees, there we go. Rich only got two degrees. He couldn't handle the rest. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> then we had to call a cleanup. So you flipped him up ninety degrees. Am I right? Um, I would really just be straight un- up, though, wouldn't it? Except it'd be like sitting against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's the difficult. Yeah, we you know a, what? We had a perfect ninety degree angle chair. <laughs> <laughs> Make a right angle with <laughs> your head, like, bro. Shay, stop! We, You're being acute. We, um, <laughs> Rich, don't be obtuse. We got to get the best chair on the market. <laughs> that's speaking angle jokes of, that's um, high quality humor you come here for <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, disco sticks and making love oh Pythagorean Joshua Fowler joins us from Michigan and he has been enjoying the Lady Gaga Oreos um, I've been ingesting disco sticks? That's the Lady Gaga uh, enjoying sounds a little strong S- Lady Gaga Oreos, two of my favorite things, Oreos and Lady Gaga. But together, what was well, so they're pink. I saw the container. They're pink with blue in the inside, right? Pink with green, which green. just like humans. This, yeah, I think oh. the color palette was picked specifically because it was the and two Vulcans. colors that don't go together. That's why well, you I don't see things. a lot of pink and green, do you? Hmm. Now they think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but so what sort of pla- f- uh, flavor palettes are we... Because they don't tell you what the flavors are. You have to guess. That's part of the fun. Well, I mean, they kind of do. It's like in the finest of print when looking on there. I didn't notice it until I got home. It's like, okay, I'll I'll buy these. And, you know, since Shay is such a big Oreo fan, I'm like, okay, anytime there's a new flavor, I've got to pick them up here if you can't get a hold do of the them. the science, yeah. Yeah. Someone, someone needs just, to know. I was just trying to give you a million reasons, Josh. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I learned it by watching you. The uh, they're they're basically like the golden reasons. Oreos, um, just with food coloring essentially to uh, to color them. The, really? Uh, the That's it. The golden? Yeah, they're basically oh. they're basically like the golden Oreos. Very oh. very similar. Like well, they're like great... kind of like vanilla y. Yeah, pretty vanilla. A bit of oh, Oreos, vanilla. man. They've got like different. That's weird. Considering molds, it's Lady Gaga. like different different patterns for the wafers as well. Why does that make it weird? Well, but, uh, I, mean, I wouldn't imagine her being vanilla. Really. She's a white lady. I'm not sure what her ethnicity is, but you it's might white. be right. I'm pretty sure she's a white lady. She's a blonde white lady. Like, I'm willing to bet money. All right. Well, she's like from Connecticut. I'm pretty sure. Just like Ken Kniff. <laughs> it comes which full is where circle. They, which is where they Holy make white shit. people. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. All right. I remember going to the school of boning with Rich and Shay, and man, they were a couple of pussies. Which is also in Connecticut. No, she's actually from New York. I, I knew I knew that, because I thought I knew somebody who went to school with Lady Gaga, which, yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. Hmm. 
Oh, dropping the Nemo. Okay. Well, guess what? She was born into an Italian American family. So yeah, suck she's from on New York. That. I just oh said the same my thing. God. <laughs> Clearly, he showed you rich. Boom. Let's have some fun. Let's make this quick. I want to take a ride on your disco stick. Like, what's your best argument against me saying she's a white lady? Like, saying she's Sicilian? Like, yeah, she's Italian. She's a white lady. I, I don't really ha have an argument, nor do I care what ethnicity she is. But um, but also, yeah. He you doesn't see color, was, which is why he was yeah, I don't very confused by those pink and green Oreos. Exactly. You, like exactly. you said, you said, you said she's was born into an Italian American family. I said she was from New York. We said the same thing. It's true. We did say things to each other. I got a thing at ten. Can we keep going? Go. My name is Morgan Barnes. I'm here from Montana. Thank you for that review, Josh. Actually, they sound better knowing that because I the vanilla those are fine. The lemon ones are are pretty good too. Um, I'm more of a double stuff guy. That's my it's my go to kind of generic. Really? But Morgan I like double stuff. Yeah, Barnes. Mm. I like the cream. I love those. But uh, I broke my Oreo addiction. I don't eat those anymore. That's the truth. You guys remember I used to eat Oreos every day, every day for breakfast. Yeah, no, we have nightmares of hearing the sound of that packaging just oh, yeah. crinkling open. Mm. I don't have anything good to crinkle by the mic right now. <laughs> now, another thing, What speaking of love, was we get to gaming romances. Oh, here we go. <laughs> it's like the opposite of ASMR. No, it's, that's pretty much ASMR. But it still gets you hard. Yeah. I guess it is, there, it is kind of an aggressive ASMR, if you will. Um. Oh, oh there it is. Look at that crunch. That was a good crunch. That was a good crunch. That was a good crunch. Josh, you need a video of that just like the pickle, because people really like the pickle video. So if you could take a they video did, right huh? now. Hmm. Yeah, if you could take a video of yourself right now he taking a big crunch, I will put that on the VIP page. It's Do it live, Josh. Do it live, yeah, and then we can right start the show. <laughs> Eventually. An hour and a half in. Uh, I, uh, who needs a pie? Who needs to talk about video games? We have more important things to talk about. Like talk pink content. Okay, for this crunch, we going with the Lady Gaga ones or the, uh, the Brookio? Do both. Do both. So Do we can compare both. and contrast. The Lady Gaga one is the that one That might people, be too I much mean, crunch for one man to handle, but we're going to do it live on this we show. Get, <laughs> we could get some sort of captain of crunch. It might be too much crunch for one man to handle. I've never heard that. Sort of I'm glad Josh wore his Hollow Knight shirt for this. Dare I say, uh, a captain of crunch. Historic debate. There we go. This is riveting content right now. This Absolutely is riveting. Here. Yeah, I can't believe yeah. we're giving this away for free. I bet it's surprisingly enjoyable. You know, you just, sometimes you just gotta let it sit. You don't have to. That's fill the every... quote we would put on the back of the box. Surprisingly, Surprisingly enjoyable. enjoyable. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Make sure we're on video instead of photo. He's got his phone held up. He's readying the Oreos. All right. There we go. Live on the podcast. Oh. Weirdly enough, I didn't he hear just much. just bit that in. Time. But hopefully the phone oh, got it. erotic. The first one sounded louder, though, didn't it? Was that an illusion? Because he was right up to the mic. Oh. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get right up to the phone mic this time, since oh, you wanted a video. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good, good. So, uh, that seems logical. I may steal audio Can from you... the others because it was on a better mic, but... 
Anyway. Can can you lick the cookie a little bit, Josh? <laughs> now tell me I'm scum. Oh, mic it up. <laughs> I l- <laughs> there it is. Okay, right. I'll have to get that somewhere. Oh my god. Yes. I did not need this many cookies. I'm gonna go into a coma. Well, here's the great deal about comas, all right? Squall and Renoa, somebody was in a coma, right? Who who in a coma? It was Renoa. She was in the sorceress's uh, slumber, which is not yes. the term for it, but it's the one I'm making up right now. I like that. The sorceress's slumber. Who disturbs my slumber? Hold on. <clears throat> who disturbs my Slumber. That wasn't, that no, wasn't bad. That's much better. There is no Dana. That was Only pretty Zool. good, actually. <laughs> Gotta love some Aladdin. Uh, let's see here. Okay, I so... Do, I, I want to do a super cut of saying, Who disturbs my slumber? And then it's Fred from Fred the Movie. Just to bring that back again. Fred, hmm. Fred John, the Movie? John Cena! I, I'm, I don't get the reference. What's Fred the Movie? It's a movie about John Cena. I was telling the guys son. this. Yeah, I was telling the guys earlier this week. It was that that really. What would you say? Flamboyant? Would that be the right word? I don't even know if that's like what the joke was. Yeah, like, it I was don't, more I like really weird. Entirely with. The, it was a guy who dressed in yellow and he pretended like he was much younger than he was, and John Cena was his father. In the. Yeah, the I don't Fred even know movie. what it was. Oh, Fred the movie. Okay, I'm googling this right now. Good he was a Lord. he was a YouTube yeah. star, right? Yes, he started out as a YouTube star, and now it has a 1.9 IMDb rating. So you know that that <laughs> absolutely sounds rated. reasonable. Seems a little the, high. That is the one time I will say Metacritic has gotten it correct. As it turns out. Taking an idea that is like five minute YouTube videos and expanding it into a motion picture, the the legs of the joke run out pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing makes me laugh more than those those straight to YouTube movies on the YouTube channel with like Logan Paul and shit. Like well, I see people watching. But this those was like so like a Nickelodeon backed thing. Like yeah, this is more, like even worse than that. It, yeah. it, it's like you know there was someone in a boardroom at one point watching a YouTube video of some dude getting hit in the nuts with a skateboard and trying to figure out how to make that into a film. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, uh, jackass that is exists. what they did. They turned it into jackass. Rich. Yeah. Oh, I, I guess that's fair, but that's a totally different thing. At some point, like, yeah. Look, I will I never forget yeah. the day Actually, I was. Jackass isn't hem- semi enjoyable. Speaking of couples, uh, Shay, I will never forget the day I was in the theater and I saw a man put a sock on his penis in a snake cage, and the cage snake bit the penis. Sock. Remember that? There is nothing yes, quite like jackass. that. Oh, I thought you meant on. someone actually in the theater with you. I'm like, we're just going. <laughs> I thought you were talking about a Red Hot Chili Peppers concert. It was a theater of the performing arts. It was a weird thing. It was a mm. whole, yeah. They were showing uh, it at, at, at an Alamo draft house. Bruno. You couldn't even really shock people oh, like that, that anymore, I don't think. Like, a Jackass movie couldn't really exist They're now. making a I new don't. Jackass movie. Are they really? Yeah. Yeah. Like, they announced that huh. recently. I wonder what that would be. It would be Jackass 4. No, I mean, like, I wonder how that would feel. <laughs> Anyways, um, look, it's my job as host to not let us get too diverted, so I guess is we it? should talk about the topic. 
You're I, fucking you're fired. Doing, you're doing a terrible job. <laughs> I like the diversion. It's entertaining to me. Um, just to see where it goes. Just to see how the path unfolds before us. Like Willy Wonka's red carpet. Well, we started on time, so to be fair, we do have the uh, the, the leeway because we never start on time. Well, mm-hmm. sort of. I'd like to be done by eight thirty for once in my goddamn life. Oh, it's already eight forty. Sorry. Mm. Okay, so which it was? Well, I th- I'm assuming we all brought a romance to the table to talk about. You did Waluigi and um, oh, Wario. Okay. Oh, just right? take my thunder out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't That's... tell if that was a joke or you actually did. We're bringing that to the table. Well, I'm gonna legitimately talk about that. I didn't know that we were limiting ourselves to like bring one thing to the table. There, no, there's no limit. Yeah, there's no because limit. also like I, I did want to talk about actually, and this kind of bleeds into me playing all of Haven this week. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Josh would agree with me here. That is probably a game with one of the strongest romances I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, because that is like the focal point of the game is these two characters and their relationship, uh, you and Kay and Josh and I talked about it privately. And I think we both shared the idea that like early on, you kind of worried that maybe they're going to lay it on too thick and not really get the landing. Yeah. But like most of the bigger plot points have to do with their personal relationship and it feels very natural. Like the dialogue never feels too stilted or anything. It, it actually feels like how two people would talk to each other in private in a way that I, I feel like games especially rarely capture. Yeah, I was worried about it at first because it is it, it's like it's it's got this sort of like really frank and kind of honest um, feeling to it right off the bit like right off the bat which given that you know they're a young couple in love is like really sweet and i'm it's like it's it's worrying right off the bat not knowing it's a comfortable relationship like i think that's the point they're trying to stress it's not a honeymoon phase relationship like they're comfortable together yeah yeah um, yeah, they had a tweet um, just yesterday, the developers, the game bakers, um, where it said, like, with Haven, we wanted to talk about love with a different angle in an established relationship. That meant portraying a couple's sex life as it um, at its best, fun, healthy, without taboo and very loving. And they forgot also mm-hmm. boring. Um, but yeah, I like uh, that's an interesting. Yeah, most of the time I'm you're sorry, dealing with Morgan. It's <laughs> Look, Josh, I mean, everything's boring to me. I'm dead inside. Um, it's, uh, yeah, most of the time you're getting an early relationship. Like uh, a lot of the stuff that I'll, we'll talk about in a bit, like you're normally getting that early on portion of a relationship. Um, there, You know, Uncharted uh, 4 was a good example because you got a lot of good natural dialogue with like Jake and Elena just sitting on a couch eating who's, dinner. Who's, who's Jake? <laughs> Fucking what did I say? <laughs> I was enjoying that. I was that. wondering if someone else was going to point that out. It's Jake Paul. He's taking over the uh, the role. Good God. We made that Jake Paul joke earlier now. I've just had Jake Paul. No, made a Logan Paul joke earlier. Oh, that, fuck. Those, I can't even tell the motherfuckers apart. YouTube men. Yeah, they eh. both look exactly the same. One of them, There's I guess, only is a one of them, I'm sure. Yeah, they're doing like they a reverse Mary-Kate and Ashley thing. There's only one of them. They're just trying to convince yeah. us that there's, you know... And then in 20 a second, years, there'll be a third second one brother there. Yeah, us? exactly, right? Like, oh, we forgot to tell you about our other brother, Turner. Like, what? It's like, it's like being the, the uh, fourth Jonas brother. Mm-hmm. 
You're right. But yeah, you know, they're just sitting on the couch playing Crash Bandicoot, eating dinner. And it's it feels like the conversation you'd have with you with your wife. That's an established relationship as well. So playing Crash Bandicoot. Well, that one. Well, in Uncharted 4, yes, but it starts out um, because I haven't played the other three games, but I read up a lot on these games. So I could at least talk about specifically that one because I really thought a lot about Drake and Elena from Uncharted 4. That was a, a relationship that built over the first three games. Like, it really built up, as I'm sure you guys know more than I do. And then when you finally get to the fourth game, like Morgan is saying, it really... It's about... The initial beginning of the game is about settling into that relationship, and you have that really cool sequence between them. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. later on, it's about, you know, Drake eventually deciding that all the treasures that he's found and all of the and adventures and missions he's gone on kind of pale in comparison to what he wants his life to turn out to be. And that's, you know, how the ending of that game eventually turns out, which is super satisfying and rewarding. Um, yeah, I really loved. I wonder what you'd think of uh, Uncharted 3, because that one's really, I really like that one too. And you see Elena... They the still have a strong relationship in that one. It's just different, you know? And yeah, yeah it's just, I, I because you love four so much. I'm surprised you haven't gone back and played like an HD version of three. If, if I was going to suggest you go back to any of them, Shay, I would suggest two, not for the relationship <gasps> reasons, but how could you? It's a better, I think I two, a better game than three. Eventually. Yeah. Two is more important I, at the I, time, I but I just don't know if it holds up. It It's way better than three. Hmm. Three, Three is, is almost set entirely set, set pieces. pieces. Almost entirely set pieces. Yeah. yeah. I'm not like, I'm going to go back and play them all eventually. I was thinking about it as I was doing this topic. Like, I've been kind of thinking about it off and on. And right now, since I don't have a new console and there's not a lot of new games releasing right now that I want to be playing, that I'm doing a lot of going back and um, playing older games that I never got around to. So. Yeah. Hopefully this year yeah. I'll, I'm able to at least play one of the three. I yeah, I would yeah, like cool. to be able to say I have a platinum on all four of those games because I well, I really enjoyed the last two and I think I just two got a little weird, but we don't have to get into it now. But yeah, that's a really good example. The, At the, end, know, the blue yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I think overall as a game it, 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 it holds up the strongest of the original three, but yeah, narratively there's some weird choices towards the end of that game. Yeah, it kinda hmm. It goes places. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I was pretty impressed by three. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, they really watered it down. Oh, I'm going to water you down. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, speaking of Naughty Dog's game, that's one of the things I was thinking a lot about with a lot of their games. Um, I put, uh, I did put Ellie and Dina on the on the poll this week as well, being uh, a nice gay lead relationship. How did Wario um, and Waluigi uh, stack out if we're talking about uh, good gay relationships? That's a good gay... Well, I'm not really familiar with how do they stack, who's the top or who's the bottom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, Waluigi's obviously the top. Wario's yeah, a heavy yeah. set gentleman. Yeah. Um, well, that's a little stereotypical, but no, I, I It's not stereotypical. It's just, you have eyes? He is. Um, I... I, I actually put them on my, when, when we mentioned it with, like, some genuine enthusiasm because when it comes to Nintendo, there's, like, this loose score on who Waluigi is. Like, it's never acknowledged... 
I think it's genuinely accepted that Waluigi is not Wario's brother. He's just some guy that showed up one day. Um, mm. And so a lot of people have questioned, what is that relationship? And I do like to think it's a domestic partnership. They're clearly very happy together. They're going so it's around not drawing, canon, but it's like fan fiction, basically. There's, yeah, it, they, they mostly just hint at it. <laughs> yeah. Erotic fan fiction, I'm sorry. Um, well, is there I don't any know. other kind? I don't know if it has to be erotic. They seem happy together. They seem well-adjusted. They're both here yeah. to take down the Mario Brothers. Well, not yeah. just that, like, given the, all of it, all of it is just hinted at. Like, yeah, they leave you so much room to do whatever you want with those characters. Though, though there is, um, and I don't believe this is accepted as canon, there are records from, I don't remember if it was a Nintendo Power or a different magazine, of a written backstory for Waluigi that acknowledges that um, Waluigi is actually an actor named Jimmy Papadopoulos hired by Wario because he needed a partner for tennis. And Jimmy fully uh, inhabits the character of Waluigi, legally changes his name, and is absorbed into the identity mm-hmm. of huh. Waluigi. Part of me likes to believe that is the truth, that he, Jimmy Papadopoulos fell in love with Wario and Jimmy died that day, and he became Waluigi. Yeah, sort of a Harley Quinn sort of a situation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd like to think that, too. I'd like to think he was brainwashed and fell in love as well, yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's what... That's, that's the dream. Is brainwashing, right? Stockholm Syndrome, right, Squall? Um, uh, but it did make... When I think about gay relationships, I mean, look, it's going to take... as. And I'm super happy and excited for uh, for gay relationships like Ellie and Dina as well. It's gonna be it's gonna be really magical one day when we can actually have like a Kratos um, just totally macking on some other dude because of how the, you know a lot of the generic I, video I mean, games. I, I don't know the Greek. The yeah, the, <laughs> the the macking part is almost where I take issue because like. I feel like the idea that, like, that has to be what we see of a relationship, like, relationships are more nuanced than that, and... Oh, you hipster. Thank you. Well, no, I mean, yes, you're right, but that's well, not that's not the point. The point is not the macking. The point is the... You're not... To have a very manly lead male character that's gay in a industry that's mostly driven by a, a strong, generic male audience is something we haven't seen. I well, mean, like, the first gay couple... I mean, Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. If you're really interested in that, Morgan, might I propose that you finish um, a game that ended up being on three of our top lists last year named Ickenfell? Dream Daddy. No, I, I'm, I, I get Cobra your point. Club. I was just saying I'm more in the AAA scene where people are actually going to play it. That's my point. Um, yeah, that's fair. And that's, that's nothing against those smaller games. It's just plenty of gay how... characters in FIFA. Who? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to call them characters. Am I not? Okay. Uh, Those are just people, Josh. Okay. I just, I mean, and you, it's not like you should just make up, just out of nowhere, be like, oh, yeah, Kratos is gay just because, but I'm just saying no, no, it would be amazing I, I, to yeah, just no. see the, the response, what that would be. I would imagine it would be just like You would hope shocking. the positive state, like, here's the thing, like, I agree with you, like, the retconning of it is, like, less important to me because it just feels like you're throwing someone a bone, but, like, yeah, write what a character. Point? Write write a gay character as the lead. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> made my wording could have been better. Yeah. Ding ding ding. Ding ding ding. 
Uh, yeah, no, I agree. Well, and Morgan. they were write a gay they, character as the lead is one of these one of these big games because mm-hmm. yeah, that level of representation is important and it's more important almost to like. I'm interested in seeing perspectives that aren't just my own. I'm just That's it the would point just of games. I would just love to see the reaction to that, knowing a lot of the gamer audience how like because the internet's so level headed. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, that's the thing. They kind of uh, hinted at, um, I haven't played Left Behind, but my understanding is they sort of hinted at Ellie being um, gay, potentially, but... Oh, they, they it's basically confirmed in Left Behind. To, I, can't, I can't speak to it because I haven't played Left Behind. I should, I need to. I'd say um, it's more, more than definitely confirmed in Left Behind, is from it? what I remember. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just yeah, no, I just couldn't speak yeah. to it per se. But the thing I thought was interesting about that relationship wasn't it's just, it's on par with the other Naughty Dog stuff, which is all great. The two things obviously being a, a gayly relationship. But here's the thing that's interesting to me is like thinking about you know like in that beginning period of your relationship where you're like um, in that like infatuation phase, honeymoon, right honeymoon. after you have sex the first time and you're just totally enthralled. But like right when that happens, you're also on a weird traumatic quest to kill a bunch of people <laughs> together. Like, like imagine just imagine yourself just finally having sex with someone that you've known for a while. And that just you're in that sounds mood. like being alive 200 years ago. And, well, that's true, right? Like back in the medieval days or something. Do you think medieval times were 200 years ago? No, I was using the medieval times as an example, but um, the restaurant. Yeah. The, the restaurant medieval times. Yeah, no, the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they won't they cannot it'll take 200 years to wipe the stain of randy pitchford out guys of that's our then, real our real goal is it's cabaret uh, dinner let's theater. all meet let's all meet up at a medieval times yeah. i've never been to one i don't i don't even know i guess they're a restaurant where you There's, watch horses it's a, it's a dinner show that's kind of the worst angle jousting on it. it's jousting right there's knights blue knight for life we're a blue knight house um, when you go to medieval okay. times, you sit in the blue night section. Does it mm. smell like horse poop in there? Cause that might be a deal breaker for me. No, it's kind of like arena sized. Oh, analyst. okay. It's huge. Okay. Yes. It's quite large in medieval times. Okay. That sounds interesting. I've, I've just never seen one or heard, or there's, I'd one, only... there's one in New Jersey. So the only drawback is you have to go to New Jersey. Mm. If it wasn't for Randy pitch, is it Pritchford? Randy Pitchford. Pitchford? Pitchford. If it wasn't for Randy Pitchford's whole debacle, I would never even have heard of the restaurant. So, I went to Medieval Times on a school trip as a child. Did you? Yeah, that sounds fun. Huh? It's a it's it's a pretty common over here because there's a Medieval Times like two hours away. I guess if you need to feed two hundred kids somewhere, that makes sense. And then you want them all to buy wooden swords that they're gonna beat the shit out of each other with on a bus on the way back to school. Well, yeah, that way you only have to feed, you know, 180 kids next time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was a little surprised that um, the poll we'll talk about later that uh, Ellie and Dina wiped the floor with Squall and Renault. I thought Squall and Renault would have been an iconic romance that would have transcended time. They're a very time. bad romance. I mean, they were until all the fans died off. Uh, <laughs> and not in like a metaphorical great- sense, but f- completely literally. What, what are you purging. actually died? They're dead. It's been such a long time. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that's the thing, though. I mean, it's the Final Fantasy where the romance takes center stage, and yet 
the romance has, I guess, some some glaring issues. That's the thing that bugs me about Squall. That I guess we'll as talk Lady about Gaga later. would say, it's a bad romance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Oddly enough, like... when Gone Home came out, there were a lot of complaints about how the relationship was really unhealthy. Um, because it's a teenage first relationship of course it's unhealthy they're fucking idiots in high school kids are dumb Mm -hmm. um but that was kind of like one of the first notable gay relationships in gaming at the time um and i think there's there's more room for a relationship to kind of be portrayed how it is whether it is unhealthy or not now um sadly i think we've seen way too many unhealthy relationships but you know like well that's all game that's that's kind of that's you kind of need that in some sense for drama like that's there's not a lot of healthy relationships anywhere in media that are compelling yeah like it's it's, got to tell relationships are often unhealthy so the craziest sex, usually. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. The best sex is in the worst I mean, relationship. I guess. I, is it? I, w- one of the relationships I wanted to bring up, since we're kind of on the subject of Final Fantasy, as I'm sure you guys are aware, I'm gonna, I was going to bring this up. Titus and Yuna, I think, is a really good one here. And I think that a lot of people kind of balk at that one because, obviously, Titus is not the most... um enjoyable protagonist i i still really like him as a character and i like yuna and i like their relationship a lot and i think that that is a really cool relationship to see develop over the uh over the course of the game because spoilers you you see these two characters and they're constantly encouraging each other and they're constantly helping each other learn and grow about the world um and that comes from Largely, Titus being displaced 1,000 years into the future. And yeah. I, I thought it was just a really cool cool way to see that, and especially when we were younger, to see a really, quote-unquote, healthy relationship develop in our formative years. I thought that was a really cool thing to have experienced at that age. And, of course, it has one of the most iconic... um relationship set pieces or i guess fmvs in gaming history sequence Sequence would probably be the best word there yeah uh one of the most iconic sequences in gaming history on top of that so yeah i it's part of the reason why i really love that game is because that the way that relationship develops doesn't feel unhealthy as like when you compare cloud and Aerith in final fantasy 7 or Aerith, whatever you want to call her i don't care or Squall and Renoa in Final Fantasy VIII, another one that feels incredibly unhealthy. And then, and you know, Josh's reasoning is completely valid and right, yeah. But then you look at Titus and Yuna, and it's like, oh, finally we get one that's healthy. And I understand that, you know, all relationships aren't going to be two people encouraging each other, and there are different kinds of relationships with different kinds of people. But it was cool to see... Final Fantasy and the gaming world get one example of that. I don't. Um, it's not a Starbucks, Josh. It's actually a local place called Broadwater Coffee. It's really good. I was about to say, it's not, it's just the um, lid in there. I'm like, we're podcasting. 
and somehow this isn't he a has Game a Game of Thrones set. Mm. It's a. Uh, it's just that it's a spicy coffee with. Uh, oh, right? oh the yeah, yeah, the one you've talked about. The the. It's, uh, the yeah, I go get it in the morning and then I coffee. put it. There you go. And then I save it till the evening and then I heat it up because it just it gets it gives me a nice jolt of. Uh, oh yeah. Of life. Yeah. Um, but, I'm not a Starbucks person myself. Yeah. No Before we move on, I do think it's odd that you picked Titus and Yuna from Final Fantasy X and, and not Lulu and Waka, who are just the fucking best. Because Waka's an idiot. I forgot they were somebody to tell him to shut the fuck up. I loved Lulu um, for two reasons. But uh, I'm trying, I didn't know Lulu. Because of all her belts. It, her belts were badass. Mm-hmm. I remember as a kid, I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, Namora loves style those. is so fucking sexy. But um, what was the? Uh, I don't remember walking Lulu's deal. They I, were the. They were just kind of friends who knew each other from that village, and there really wasn't a relationship in ten. They don't really start that until ten two, which oh okay. um yeah. also his, is great because that's that's when you know, Yuna realizes that her boyfriend's never coming back and gets herself involved in a lesbian polycule, which is pretty great. And becomes a, a, a pirate. Mm-hmm. Wait, Lulu becomes a lesbian pirate? No, no. No. Yuna. Yuna. I just... Oh, Yuna. Yuna, sorry. Yeah, Yuna... Yeah, I I don't remember. I do remember all the iconic scenes of her, like, in the, you know, in the water with Titus and all that. I just don't remember... Feeling strongly toward Yuna or Titus, in other I, than I, I think I, that relationship ends up feeling more surface level because you don't have any chance to really explore like a long term. Yeah, the way the game ends, like that, it's, yeah, it's like it's good. I feel like they did a good a job with it compared to some, especially at the time. Like they never really fleshed out most of their relationships at that point. They're kind of just, um. Just, yeah, really passing where where ten starts to feel like they're finally, um, really giving it more room because that's it's way more of the focus, uh, yeah, in that game compared to a lot of the others. Um, not that there I, weren't romances yeah, before that's what then, I'd say there. but like I I think cool. one of the best romances before then was in four, because again that was one of the other ones where they kind of give the romance enough room to breathe. I yeah. I don't. Nine know. handles it pretty well, but again, those characters spend so much time apart in Nine. Yeah. Like, I, a lot of the I, game is about them getting back together because the party keeps getting split. I gotta yeah. push back with you guys on, on Ten. I, I think Ten does a fine job. And yeah. I guess... No, I you know what? I I disagree on the surface level because there are different kinds of relationships and different kinds of loves. And if you're saying it's surface level for you, sure. You say it as a whole, then no, I disagree with you wholeheartedly because um, I still think it's one of the strongest depicted relationships in in gaming to date. Um, I still think that, honestly, because it's it's so short, that that really resonates with me because obviously I've had a few serious relationships in my life and I've had some shorter relationships, and I think that can be true of a lot of people. And I'm sure in some of those shorter relationships, everybody felt something very differently as compared to their other relationships. And 
you can feel something super powerful and vibrant within a relationship in a short amount of time. And you realize whether it's external or internal circumstances that it's not going to last. And um, we're kind of skirting around spoilers a little bit here, uh, which is why we're being a little bit vague with some of the terms. But uh, in terms of their relationship, it felt completely organic, especially if you keep Yuna in your party as you're battling with Titus. And I, I think about all the things that they do together, you know, going to the the different um, shrines to acquire the, the eons or the aeons. Uh, the stuff that you have, to, you have to rescue her from Seymour during the wedding sequence. Like, there's a lot of stuff that goes on there. And I think it's, you know, easy to forget about 20 years later all the stuff that those two characters go through. And it, it never felt surface level to me. So, yeah, I, um, I take exception to that, that comment. But yeah, uh, I, no, I, I think a lot of it feels surface level more might that, be the wrong phrasing. Cause a lot of it is kind of playing on those tropes that in retrospect, you, unless something's handled absolutely perfectly playing on tropes just means, well, Hey, there are some tropes doing tropes. Um, yeah. Whereas I do feel like 10 did a really good job of kind of showing Yuna being this self-sacrificing, almost no agency damsel type character. Prepared to be a martyr. But she actually, like, she's going along with all of this because she feels like she needs to. Like, there's It's there's, expected of her. Well, not just that, but like, she she wants to do it, given every everything else going on there. Like, there's, there's well, the a whole lot more was, agency right in thing, her yeah. choosing to sacrifice stuff going going on in that game than in a lot of other games where it would just be like they they focus on her inner life way more than another game would to explain why why she's making these decisions and not just letting stuff happen to her even though that's kind of well I mean, a in, in of, a lot of other situations that's how it would be written like oh this just I have to do this sort of a thing a lot of it is like I, I think one of the Shay you brought the the wedding sequence like her deciding to marry Seymour, like that sort of stuff, I think is like you're saying there, Josh, like layered in, well, I'm kind of already throwing my life away for the greater cause. And if this is going to act as some sort of symbol of unity and be better for the world, then she's, she's doing things not for herself, but be yeah, sacrificing for the bigger picture and not doing what she wants to do to make herself happy. Yeah. Like she clearly hates the guy but this is literally a jrpg like 50 hour long quest where you are marching her towards death yeah literally she's intending you know the goal is suicide at the end of this like i've got to do this thing to you know renew the world and protect everything and i'm gonna die in the process so if you know i marry this other guy for like a political really thing matter. and they're like well, yeah. well whatever um, it's going to make the rest of the world happy. Yes. And, and I think what I meant more so by surface level earlier is the relationship is strong and you feel the connection between these characters. But the reason I say surface level is because you don't get to see what that relationship would be like when this adventure is over. Yeah. It's more of a promise yeah. of what the relationship eventually will be for a lot of yeah, the game. It, it plays sort of the narrative hits. That's the thing, right? Like, I don't, I don't think they did a bad job with it at all. I just, no, of course not. When, but I remember thinking is that I, I just don't know 
how in depth or interesting I found Titus to be as a character at the time. And maybe that was what held the relationship back a little to me because he just, I didn't dislike Titus, but it just seemed like this plucky goofball. And then you have, Yuna, and it, Short I guess pants, if, pick one, man. Yeah. I guess if the characters don't feel very real to me, it's hard for me to uh, get into the dynamics of how they feel with each other. But I thought the implement, but again, video games are, it was a long time ago, you know, it was like 2000. Fuck. What was that? 2000? 2001. Yeah. I mean, that's, they, 20 years ago. They've come a long they've come a long way and they kind of, you know, especially with you know, as the Japanese anime tends to go, um, they can be a little wonky with some of that stuff. The fuck's that um, mean? Uh, yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. It just they, to me, I guess Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I thought you were done. Well, I was just gonna say, like, all the they always kind of take a swing at it in different ways. Like in fifteen, for example, the whole game is actually set on the premise of a you're supposed to be party married. Gone horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, you're right. Yeah, you're it's basically yeah. you're supposed to get married and you're on this quest with your bros, but it's all formed about you going to meet your wife and get married. Um, but it's weird because you don't really see her for like 90% of the game until you get to her because you're on this giant bachelor party and it's like a very strange way of presenting a relationship in that regard too. Yeah. Not necessarily as a bad a, thing, but I just wished I had more. Yeah, yeah, I think they do a good job in that game specifically of showing how a political marriage would work because um, yeah it never feels like love but the characters clearly know each other yeah and they've known since they were young they were this is what was going to happen so like they're comfortable with each other and they clearly care about each other yeah. to some extent yeah it seems they like do. they yeah. they knew this is what their fate was so they've put effort into making sure it's not going to you know Be ruin horrible. their lives mm. yeah um from an early age, that, which I think is a really yeah. interesting take to uh, to have it, on that sort of a relationship. It was surprisingly sweet. I think the thing I liked about it was it left a lot for me to think about, like because there wasn't the game didn't have that much of it in there. So I just sort of like was playing around in my mind. Like, well, did I you watch what the did? five episodes of anime in the movie? Mm-hmm. I, should, I cannot say that I did. That sadly. movie's actually pretty good. Kingsglaive. Kingsglaive, yeah. I would rec- that movie's worth watching. Yeah, I didn't I heard solid things about it. Yeah. It's I, mostly action scene, but th- you know, yeah. with, occasionally then they'll action. put a bunch a ton of backstory as well. Like I, Yeah. I'm still always shocked by the amount of people I meet that are just like have not finished 15. I'm like, I know it's weird, but you should it gets crazy. You should finish it. It's so strange. There's like a time jump and everything in that game. It's a weird fucking I I just one of these days I want to finish it every Final Fantasy that I haven't, just so I can have, say that I have. But go mm. ahead, Shay. You were saying um, you wanted to retort of some kind. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I had to unmute myself. Um, no, one of the things I was going to say about Final Fantasy X, and it was going to relate to other stuff, is I guess, and this is the last thing I want to say about it, that way we can move on. I don't feel that as if that what what's going on in that game is any more or less unrealistic than another game. And the only reason why I'm going to bring this up is because Morgan mentioned it earlier. So it's kind of a part of the conversation with example, like the last of us Two, any of the romance that happens in that game, you're in a zombie apocalypse. So the likelihood that your significant other is killed, especially if you guys are going on raids and stuff is so high that, to me, that doesn't feel any more or less unrealistic than the other. You know what I mean? So 
I, I don't, I, I get, I totally get your guys' point. It worked for me when I was much younger. Um, I played that, I played, replayed Final Fantasy X, I think about seven or eight years ago. And the story still worked really well for me. I don't know yeah. how it would work being where I'm at now in my life. Maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't. Um, you know, like, for example, Final Fantasy VIII, that story worked for me much more when I was a younger, when I was younger. And then having just replayed it the past few years, that story, I like, I, in my mind, I was able to overlook so many things. And, you know, I thought Squall and Renoa was such a more prominent relationship and more, it was more cohesive than I actually knew, you know, like being where I'm at now in my life, I was like, yeah, this, you know, this had some glaring, um, missteps in the story, but it's still, it's still as good. And I still enjoyed it, but yeah, it all depends on where we're at in our lives, both personally and romantically to be able to connect with some of these characters and these stories. So I, I don't, I guess I don't fault you guys for having a different opinion than I do on, on specific, on this specific example, but yeah. Did somebody say something about, um, what were you to Shay's question? Because yeah, I didn't necessarily find that unbelievable. In ten. Did somebody say something about ten being unbelievable, or what was he, what were you? Not necessarily to? unbelievable. I'm saying I'm like, I can't remember who it was now because, um, it was probably like eight minutes ago. <laughs> but somebody said something about it being in the before a little times. bit, not necessarily unrealistic. Just I can't remember the exact wording. It might have been Morgan or rich i can't remember but that that i remember that i wanted to get that point across basically that it was in yeah. response to something somebody had i don't said think earlier. it was unbelievable like like i said it just the deeper aspects of that relationship don't get explored i think that it's that's not exclusive to that game that's that's games do that a lot and well, film and because mm-hmm. you're obviously in this ex- like we're on an adventure so you don't really get a lot of time to see what is this relationship like when we're not off saving the world which like yeah i don't think that necessarily uh, yeah. makes it bad it's just well, it's worth mentioning yeah that's no, why I mean, the naughty dogs as far games as games do such a, yeah go ahead defending rich's surface level thing again I, i'm not not defending that wording but i do think i i kind of briefly touched on this before in 10 titus and yuna is essentially the relationship that doesn't happen um like they obviously have feelings for each other but like nothing comes from it. Like you, you get to see how these two characters interact for this entire, yeah. For this entire, you know, journey that they're on together. Um, that has a lot of stuff going on for both of them personally and how they support each other in that, in a way that's essentially kind of showing what the relationship could be like in a lot of ways. Um yeah, I I'm in agreement with that actually. You know, it's I think that's part of the reason why I like it so much too is cuz it it never gets bogged down with all of the other stuff. You know, you can just you can um, you're left to imagine what could have been. Yeah. And I really there's something about that that I really like in that particular game. The that's one of the nice things about how games have sort of evolved in the fact where when I think of the Naughty Dog examples where characters will just have conversations with you while you're just exploring, like while I'm Mm -hmm. just walking around with Seattle with Ellie and Dina, I will learn so much about them 
just playing the game. And back in the day, you know, it's nothing against JRPGs, but I think all those Final Fantasies were fun, sort of maybe shallower romances. Like, 8 in particular, like, was exactly what I wanted a romance to be when I was 16. The yeah. cool guy and the hot girl get together and they float in space, right? And that, that yeah. seemed cool eight, to me. Oddly but like, enough, it, I was 16, so... I, I, eight feels eight, like I an awful lot like the relationships with. in like the teenage sitcoms at the time, the teenage yeah. dramas. It's very much like they've got a fucking love triangle in there for no goddamn reason. There's will they, won't they energy, even though they're it, clearly both in Twilight like, before Twilight was Twilight. Yeah, oh, I love like that stuff. Every yeah. trope that kind of comes to dominate that space is present specifically in that work kind of before it was even a thing. Um, My favorite part is the love triangle where both the guys are unlikable. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, you watch your like mouth. there's there's um, an awful lot was... you can tell influence the market going um, forward, which is it, which is really cool. My but my yeah. biggest problem with the Squall and Renoa thing is there's like this deviation halfway through the game where all of a sudden Renoa is in love with Squall. And prior to that, she, like, wouldn't give him the time of day. And there's almost, like, emotional whiplash with it. Which, with in a way, might, you could argue, I think, is, like, that's how teenagers are. But it also feels really shitty. Wait, hold on. I The Renault I, mean, I remember was, yeah. like, begging you to dance, was begging you to always, yes, like, try to get you to do... Yes, but once the adventure what? starts, she's very hung up on uh, Seifer. And really? doesn't really okay. give a shit about Squall. I don't really. Well, that's the problem with what I looked into that's when I was true. researching the game is that they had this idea for the 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 the, the, the love triangle in that game existed. Unfortunately, they it would have been more interesting if they would have fleshed it out. They didn't. It was well, it was not really fleshed out. It was all done in sort of the past. It's where, tough you know, to to flesh out also because it, part of my brain as an adult goes, "Why do you like either of these guys?" Squall is just dismissive and doesn't give a shit and. Uh, Saver's an asshole. Well, whether uh-huh. it was the writing or the translation, I think you'd like to believe it's that a combination of the two. I I would hope- think that's you know, and as you get to know them over time, you can learn more about them. But that was those things with those generic stereotypes, especially in the Final Fantasy games. They were like bro- that was where the joke started. They were brooding badass but, assholes. Like you, who, that's the guy you like. I just saw him well kick a dog. with some of the other characters. <laughs> Chicks love those like, guys because yeah. they have characters that are like that, but have more layers. In the same game, which is what makes it, yeah, like more perplexing. Squall and Seaver both are just like really, like they're because they're examples to the contrary of like how someone can be like kind of this strong, stoic type, but have more going on personally. It's just it it makes them stand out, and. Like, again, they're supposed to be teenagers and don't have their shit together, but it's painful going back to, I they're think. They're in military high school. Yeah. Yeah, but I also think it's a different time. Like, I'm I'm with you guys, but it's the weird thing when you go back to games and you see how far we've come. Like, romance and how we'd handle love and stuff as... That's true of not all just media. From a, That's true of all yeah, media. Yeah, yeah. Not just from a techno... Well... Not just from a technology standpoint, but also the implementation of, like, yeah. where we're at as a whole. Like, it's just done a lot better now. Um so it's not to give those games a pass, but it's also like, okay, it was 1990. Yeah, it's given, given RPG. what love stories <laughs> yeah. even at looked most, like at yeah. the time. Yeah. 
mo- most of these opinions on that relationship are like revelations I had as an adult where I was like, eh, mm-hmm. that's actually kind of shitty in some respects. Being an adult yeah, sucks. I think, yeah, I think part of that kind of stemmed from just, like you guys are saying, general society and culture at that time. <clears throat> I think it was presumed, and I'm not saying we've evolved beyond that point, especially in some other cultures besides the U.S. I'm living in one now. Where obviously is more a little bit more patriarchal, and I think that this game kind of catered to that a little bit. Um, not to be super SJW, as I'm sure some people will flame me on the internet for, but part of that, I believe, um, with my expert degree in psychology and relationships, um, that part of that was due to as well as you know, you have these men who are <clears throat> these gruff men and the the women you know through their their grace and their willingness to just feminine wiles to try and get deep inside the soul to break break through that tough exterior you know like that was that was a thing that we believed you know 25 Mm -hmm. years ago and i'm sure for in some areas of the u.s that's still a thing now where men had to be these super macho assholes and it took a one hell of a woman to break through to you know boost this guy up even further and it it's weird because it it caters like that game specifically caters to two different things you have a squall who is this tough guy but also he's you know inside he's kind of this this young teenage guy who's trying to figure out who he is and he has these moments of weakness and he has these emotions but he can't handle them because he just he's so fucking man with his goddamn fucking gun blade and then we're so manly our guns are swords of the game and he's Mm -hmm. like he's like wait fucking i love this girl man i fucking love her you know i can't but i can't can't quit you go without her Mm -hmm. and it's and he's like be damned fuck everybody else i'm gonna get this girl and it's we're going to space it was like like, that was the kind of mentality back in the day so it's very much a product of yeah and it's not to it's not to shit on it it's 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 kind of a window into that time frame of what society and culture was like. Yeah. And granted, the the writing doesn't lend itself to that um, being cohesive enough. But yeah, at the same time, I, like we're not sitting here criticizing it because it was that. But there's also this disconnect there, and we have to acknowledge that. Yeah, it's there, it's yeah. weird. Like, it's some things it does extremely well. Like honestly. Renoa is in charge of all the relationships she's in. Like she's she's the person making decisions and she having is a agency. Female character for sure. Yeah, yeah. But she also like is clearly making these decisions based off of some severe fucking daddy issues. Um, and it's just it kind of leads to this like weird, like awkward sort of feeling of like. <sighs> Like, anything, like they're obviously trying to write this empowered character, but then give her this backstory, not sure and it kind of yeah, yeah, and it so it ends up make it's it's weird. Like it in in a way, it feels like the oh, what was it like the officer? Ah, oh, fuck, Dan. Anyway, in in West Side Story, where they're singing to the officer about how they have you know, it's don't blame me, it's my upbringing. Like like yeah sort of like that sort of writing like we're gonna we're gonna make these deeply flawed characters but also empowered at the same time and in a lot of ways it works well and then every now and then it's just like what what were you even attempting here 
it's be... more entertaining than it is like substantial um, uh, emotional weight for me. But mm-hmm. um, I, I want to say something rich. But if you want to say something, go ahead. Well, to tell you the tell you the truth, the time I was most on board with Squall's attitude in that game is the section when you're at uh, Renoa's father's house because him and I were 100 on like I have time for this. Or, like I'm yeah. I'm at work right now, sir. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that. Um, a nice transition. I know Shay wants to get to some some uh, comments from the Twitter about just romance in general, but I was gonna say, for me as an adult, who pretty much have experiences all the ebbs and flows of relationships in my life, I'm going to being married twice as well. That's pretty much it uh, when it comes to couples. Um, I don't really have a certain thing that I I look for or relate to most. I just sort of appreciate. I think that's why I love Naughty Dog's games so much is because they're so realistic. I don't find myself picking apart the logic of it too much. I'm like these characters feel real, whether they're um, gay, straight, married, just met. Like they feel like they're real people having real conversations, and and that sells it for me. Um, through at least for the the examples that we've given, like I think those those are the ones that I've been moved by the most, but. One thing I do think is interesting in the era we live in now is we sometimes make our own couples like Edelgard in Fire Emblem Three Heroes. Was a, like that was a couple that I I was part of that couple in a way. And it's it's, it's different. But isn't that part of the conversation? You know, a little bit? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, what about games where yeah, you're a obviously player no couple? one wrote that and assumed that you would decide to, you know, couple well, up with I, that character. I mean, what you're talking about more so is having agency with couples, which I agency, know, yes, like yeah. Mass Effect is a good example of that because I feel like depending on how you play your Shepard, almost any of those characters feels like a good fit as somebody Shepard would gravitate towards and end up with. Or you would say Persona as well if you like the writing yeah, of that game. Yeah, I well. do because I like good games. Um, yeah. In I'm fact, per- pers- I think that I'll yeah, give Persona agent- credit on that one. Agency is so cool when you're able to do that in a video game. I remember, you know, the first game where I had some level of agency was Fable. Where, granted, the the, the character you're coupling up with generally is a, a no-name character. So it's not like it resonates with you that much until you get to the last chapters and you're able to uh, romance the main lady. I, I'm spacing her name right now, but... Um, that was the first time, yeah, you feel some kind of agency. And I think that really, that wasn't the only game that gave you some level of agency during that time. But for me, that was the one that kind of opened the doors for me to wanting that more in a game, like you guys are saying, Mass Effect or, or, um, other games in in that nature. And it, it feels good when you kind of get to make those decisions. It's nice. And it makes a game that much more interesting because... You want to you want to explore those relationships. Like it's not it's not forced upon you. It's not impressed upon you. You have the option. You know we're talking about Final Fantasies and um, we were talking about Naughty Dog games. Both of those do it really good. We talked about it can fell a little bit, but when you actually get the choice, who you want to fuck or who you want to date or who you want to get to know better, I think that's why some of those games are so well liked you know i think that's part of the what makes mass effect mass effect is you getting that choice and that's that's huge and i i love that that those kind of things can exist outside of the main story but should you choose to involve yourself in whatever relationship you want it enhances the main story and the main gameplay that much more 
Yeah, that's the thing I think with those agency games shit is interesting and people like I agree with what you're saying 100%, but they're they're just I think both they're different. I this is the best way to explain it is like um cuz when people were getting mad they were like, "Well, I remember when we came out talking about um I forget it was uh, Ellie and Dina. People are like, well, my Mass Effect character was gay as well. And I'm like, yeah, that's amazing. And that was a really cool thing at the time. But the whole point is that you, a lot of people are going to play that game. And if they have some sort of anti-gay bias, they don't ever have to experience anything gay in that game. And that's what that's, there's nothing wrong with that. But the whole point is that it's much scarier to force the player. There's a difference between giving you the agency to make the cipher character. Uh, in a gay relationship, and writing a character who is the the main protagonist is gay. You're, you're correct. Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I'm uh, Morgan. I'm really glad you brought that point up because this is something I actually did some research on that I wanted to talk about on the podcast. Um, Mass Effect Two. You know, a lot of people cite that as like, or just Mass Effect in general, the series as like, oh, well, you could have gay and lesbian relationships in that. They were pretty archaic. If are if we're being honest here, um, I remember like, I remember romancing Jack back in the day, which uh, she is the character who's kind of she's had some stuff go on in her life, and she's not unhinged, but she's a little bit like beats she she marches to the beat of her own drum, so to speak. Is a nice. What was her name? I'm sorry, you cut off your internet connection. Jack. Jack. Oh yes, yes, yes. The 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 bald the one who shaves her head. Yeah, yeah. And I remember back in the day, I romanced her as kind of like Amber a joke, Rose and I was like, ah, teehee, that's funny. And that's kind of where our humor was at the time, the humor um, of our of our society and culture at the time. But I, I didn't know this until I did some research on this. Jack was supposed to be a pan character, and you could romance as a male or female ship. And that was the plan initially, but there was this huge news article I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was Fox News. Um, I'd, I'd have to go back and research, so don't quote me on that, please. If it was incorrect, it was probably um, Fox News. That basically blasted the developers for... Yeah, it was probably Fox. Um, ...wanting to integrate a character like that. So they dialed it back, and they dialed back a lot of their plans to introduce more lgbtq characters into the game and they really hmm. watered down some of those relationships because they, they were kind of yeah. afraid they've of the since talked about it yeah. the developers have talked about it they had so many more plans for the different kinds of relationships it would have been very forward thinking for its time but because they got blasted in the news and the media obviously the the almighty dollar kind of won out there Fuck but they Rupert had Murdoch. all these plans yeah yeah but um i yeah I will, and that's not you know, to like, all, ahead, out of all the last thing I'll say, sorry. Out of no, all the fine. things I will say, I will give, and that's one of the things I will give full credit to. Looking back at twenty twenty, um, looking at the Last of Us two, like they, they, there was no shame there. It, they just went straight with it, and it's a little bit easier to do in twenty twenty than it was in twenty ten. I'm not, I'm not gonna skirt over that, but I'm also not gonna give it credit either. It's still important. Um, yeah. Well, that's the thing I was thinking about, like, is it, it's weird to me if, okay, let's say that's the first predominant AAA lead gay protagonist. Well, it's weird to me that that's the, it took that long. Like, 
how number one how could it have taken that long and number two is it still going to be a long time before we start seeing it more or will that actually encourage people to include it more this is america well but it's a global it's a global medium i mean it's not like people are just playing video games in america you know playing video games all over the world Rich, did you correct me on that, by the way, saying it was for sure Fox News? Um, listen, 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 I, did, I did not say for sure. I said that sounds like something Fox News would do. <laughs> it was. I just I looked it up while mm-hmm. Morgan was talking. It 100% was Fox News. Yeah, that's completely unsurprising. That's 100% in their wheelhouse. Yeah, and and that's and, and I guess in summation, I would just say that I think it's I like to have a game where I have choices as well. It's not to say, hey, this is better or worse. I mean, my point is just like you were saying, or like I started saying, you were jumping in on Shay, and I think we agreed was just that it's much um, riskier as a developer to say this is the only option for this because if you're someone who love the last of us, let's say, and you think that, and you're anti-gay or whatever, like you're for whatever reason. Um, and you pick up this because you know, the first game is pretty choices. straightforward. Um, to be fair, the first Queena in final fantasy nine is technically a non-binary character. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, but, but again, they're going to get away with that because she's a frog. You know what I mean? So no, it's like, yeah, First off, the, or they, they it's don't, a frog. Yeah, sorry, they eat frogs, moron. Oh. <laughs> well, one, what the fuck one was thing a, say, What were they? What one thing I'd say in response, Morgan, is I'm not going to say it's necessarily riskier. I think it's a different kind of risk. Um, because yeah, by forcing people to play as one set of characters and have one kind of romance, either you're going to jive with that or you're not. And I agree that is at some degree or level a risk you're banking on whether or not people are going to connect with your characters and that relationship. And a large part of that is actually due to the writing itself. Does it feel organic enough? Um, but also I think it's equally risk risky to just a different kind of risk to have options of who you romance in a game as well, because you have to, at that point you're giving all these options. You have to make multiple different kinds of characters feel viable you know like i think to when we were playing fire emblem three houses you know josh was really in a into bernadette i was into uh petra and a few other characters morgan was really into edelgard i i can't remember who rich was into upon first playthrough but the the cool thing about that is all those characters felt viable to each one of us and i think that's a risk in itself to make all those characters feel like they're an option for many different kinds of people. Everybody can connect with a different character. And I think that's risky because like you're going to you're going to put all that time and resources and energy that money into it. You got to make sure that they're all viable. So, I think they're just different kind of kinds of risky, not necessarily one is more or less risky than the other. I Interesting. I I just feel like anywhere where you can avoid Anything completely um, is always going to be a little less risky just because you can you can you could still be a bigot and play a game with gay relationships. You could just avoid them. You know what I mean? Or we and could so just say, fuck these bigots because fuck these bigots. Well, that, that's the whole point. But 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 to your to what you're saying, Shay, one thing I do think is interesting is that in all those games where I form a relationship with a character like an Edelgard or in Persona or whatever, with a lot of these sort of Avatar-esque characters, right? They like they did a. I thought I thought on the other side it's usually pretty interesting within reason, right? But I always feel like on my end it's this weird sort of like 
I'm not really a person <laughs> because it's like me. You know what I mean? It's like me trying. Yeah. It's just like this weird half relationship thing, which is fun. But like Mass Effect's the same way. Yeah, I don't I give a shit. Point. I don't care what people say about Master Shepard. I still feel like it was Master just a Shepherd. goofy after. Af- um. hmm. <laughs> so now we know exactly how point, you role played that I... poor, poor <laughs> put upon character. Sorry, go ahead. No, I I see your point, Morgan. I I think when it comes to people who are, you know, screaming and oh SJW, oh, my games are becoming liberal and shit like that, that it doesn't matter if you're forcing them to play as those two characters, um, who are gay or lesbian and in a relationship, and you're forcing the player to experience that, or it exists within the game. Bigots are going to be bigots regardless. If it's in your game at yeah. all. Whether or not you're forcing them to play it, they're gonna bitch and moan about it. They're gonna it complain about it, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I it mean will be, the yeah. risk is there regardless. And I, I get your point, Morton. You do have some valid points. Yeah. They want they whined about strong females coming into Star Wars and now they're whining about strong females going out of Star Wars. There's there's literally no pleasing these people. Well, that was um like just the, the hard Get rid Mary of them. Sue. Just like, yeah, she's a Mary leave Sue. them alone. Blue, blue. Yeah. No, that was no, the, not, the hard drive article no. the other day. Uh, innovative uh, <laughs> female actor kicked out of Star Wars for something other than being female. Mm-hmm. Oh man, we can't even talk about that. No, but okay. So there's a lot of. I just, I just thought I'd bring that up because. Go ahead. Sorry, Joshua. No, I'm just saying that's the literally. We just what did. Was... We just had the conversation. Okay. Uh, that, um, it's just an interesting thing as far as couples and games where you are part of the couple, but it's. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting degrees there that I think we kind of covered pretty well. So I'm curious to see when we'll have that first lead gay male character in a AAA game. Hopefully sooner than later. I'm curious to see when that'll happen. If it happens, maybe it'd be 20 years from now. Um, yeah, I, who knows? I would love for that. I would love I would love to see more representation that we had experienced in Ickenfell in more AAA games because that's just going to, at least for me, help us all push more towards acceptance of this and it's going to help us all get experience with it and knowledge about it and i think that's super important and especially for people who fall under those categories it's it's going to make them feel more inclusive and um i i want that i want to see that more in triple a gaming and i understand money and stocks is such a big driver and yankity yank on my dick and whatnot but i want to see that in triple a games i really do um i think that i'm really happy the groundwork that the last of us 2 has laid in that aspect and i want to see more of that um for sure whether or not you're putting it in the game as optional or it's something that is integral to the experience or both i want it in more games yeah yeah exactly and you know, as far as, um, yeah. Anyways, so yeah, there's a lot of interesting things. Really great there. point. <laughs> so, uh, uh, anyways, no, I think we hit a lot of the major ones. I was hoping would Shay, you had some questions or some remarks. From Wait, what? If we didn't even mention you in the weighted companion cube. Mm-hmm. The companion cube. What are you talking about? Moving on. Is that portal? I'm really yeah. glad the weighted companion cube wasn't just a companion cube because you need that companion cube to be thick. 
thick boy. Look, the greatest couple of all time is obviously Wilson and Tom Hanks in Castaway, but it's not a video game, so we can't talk about it. I'm sorry. It's against them. I mean, they, they, they do friends. have a pretty good relationship. But as far as we know, like you said, Rich, it didn't have to be sexual. It was just a good couple, you know? Couple of pals. Did he fuck the volleyball? We'll never know. Well, there wasn't a hole in it, so I'm going to say no. There was not a Metis. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> All right. All right. So, I, yeah, I, I just posed to the Twitter, um, who are some of the best gaming couples and why uh better off ted our good buddy ted Phila. rich you'll like this one majima and kiryu kiryu hell majima yeah I, yep. what are you the, talking the about the real what odd appreciate that. the real odd couple of the yakuza verse yeah um our good buddy reeve matt said shepherd and insert whoever you romance and i said who is your favorite person and he said thane my dude that's a good pick it's a very good pick. Um, Sai argued with me that Mario and Peach don't work, and I said, they get married, you dumb-dumb. And then our good buddy Tonska, um, you also know him as Tani, said Meat Boy and Bandage Girl because she is his whole reason for staying alive. Oh, come on. <laughs> That's not a reason. There you have it. That's why their baby is well-adjusted. So well-adjusted. So well They also fight an unborn baby, so, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, if we were going to write Nate, that won't work. I was going to make a joke about all the Pokemon that I forced to breed. It's not really a couple. Just sort of forced. I think it's more fun to talk about all the Fire Emblem characters that you forced to breed. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little more fucked up. Yeah. I I don't force that many Pokemon to breed. It was called the Horny Casino for That's what Ditto's for. Yep, I do like. No, there's an Adventure Time episode that kind of makes me think of that Josh, where he like has these like magical, um, like little versions of real people, and he like puts them around each other to see how they interact with. You know what I'm talking about? Have you seen that yeah. episode? I and, know the one you're talking about. And yeah. it reminds me of like if you were like a godlike figure and you like had control. Like so, in Fire Emblem, you're not forcing the breed; you're just putting them around each other, and then they're starting to like. Oh, I kind of like well, you. You oh. force the breed eventually, in in like two iterations like it's less explicit in the rest of them but like now now kiss <laughs> yeah but like in two of them like you specifically will like do everything you can to make sure that these two characters screw so in the the end game yeah. you get their offspring to be the character you actually want in your party it's mm. it, is it any different than breeding the golden chocobo josh i mean it's a dark road all right when you're playing god i think it's called the silk road the Silk Road is a dark road. You specifically don't want them to take the dark road if you're breeding them. No, that's true. I took the Silk Road less traveled, and that made all the difference. Mm. I hope our AAA developers take the Rainbow Road less traveled, if you get my drift. I don't. Straight to Valhalla. <laughs> the Bifrost! <laughs> um, who knows? Maybe Miles Morales and Peter Parker can will be gay. And they can... I don't think they will because he's a one of them is an adult and one of them is like sixteen. Mm-hmm. Have you played Rachel Foster? Oh dear God! 
Can we cut this? But that was a dark joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, those. thank you for the comments. I appreciate that. Um, let's take a quick urination break, and I suppose we can talk about video games. Shall we? Go yeah. work out those meatuses. Meat eye. Hey, Josh. Hey, Shay. You know what I was thinking about this week? I want to spend my money on a lot of different things, like a wall clock, a face mask, a puzzle, and a t-shirt. You know where I could spend that kind of money? I was thinking about webbed feet, but if you want all that, you can find it at store.swordchomp.com. Oh, store.swordchomp.com. And I've heard they have a bunch of different logos, too. I've heard they have the Sword Chomp logo, the Chomping After Dark logo, and they just recently got up the In the Blood and the Evoking the Sublime logo as well. The rumors are true. Well, that's good. That's good. So if you out there are interested at all, head to store.swordchomp.com. That's store.swordchomp.com. See you there. We're back from break, guys. I have to tell you this. This is a <laughs> confession for all of our chompers. This is really important, okay? It's probably going to be dumb. I ate at Chili's this week. It's not a question. In- instead of Applebee's. Mm. And I got to tell you, it was delicious. It really was. Chili's better than Applebee's. I now, think we've been over deal. this several times on the show. Yeah, that's our stance. The, well, the Right now, they're in my good favor because Applebee's has a limited menu because of the pandemic. Mm. So they don't carry fajitas, which really fucking grinds Why my meat. you order fucking that at Applebee's? Why are you going to an Applebee's for fucking fajitas? Now, Chili's like you can get had them the, for a third of the price at a, at a real Mexican, Mexican, Mexican restaurant. restaurant. Well, look. And they'll so be... My, Ten you, times you better. Don't forget, he lives in Great Falls, Montana, guys. Yeah, that's Jesus, a good point. Get off my head. Well, a third of the price. I don't know if that's true, Josh. But I'll say this. Probably I'm, at most I, Mexican places, you can get out of there for like eight bucks. What you guys well, can't? Places I have here are Taco John's or Taco Bell. You can't take oh, a train like two stops sad. to a nice vegan Mexican restaurant. There's God. Yeah. You live in a drought, Morgan. <laughs> I know train. you have the El Commodore uh, there. They only have train for cattle in oh. Montana, Rich. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I love El Commodore, but I don't even know what they're if they do fajitas or not. Anyways, um, the, yeah, the fajitas are great. But the, what I want to say is to anyone listening is, when next time you go to Chili's, they have this thing called a skillet cookie. It is amazing. Cookie. It's a giant cookie with ice cream. Yeah, a la mode. Co- yeah, I didn't put the ice cream on it. It was just a skillet cookie. The fuck's wrong with you? Huh. I just don't. I want the purity of the cookie, not that it's gross with the ice cream. The but. purity of the cookie. <laughs> You know, I like to keep it light and fun. Just I'm trying to add some levity to my cookie. Oh, my fucking God. You teach a guy a word in the pre-show. <laughs> You'll only know the pre-show if you signed up for our Patreon. Our guest Patreon next week, uh, Eugene Levity. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's build up to the big one. Callbacks. I don't have... I don't. I want to build up to this Mario thing. I don't have a lot to add on the usuals. Still playing Demon Souls. Don't have a lot to say this week. I want to say that I'm still continuing to play Cyber Shadow, and I still am having a great time. I think the music is amazing. The game is n- n- not revolutionary by any means, but it is satisfying and well done. It's a lot of fun. Uh, weirdly enough, I do. You guys remember that part in that game where there's like a big laser coming down and you have to avoid it? Yes. Um, 
Yep. That part was giving me hell, and then, weirdly enough, when I got to the boss, I beat the boss in the first try. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I haven't beat any of the bosses I, in this I, game I in think, one try. Um, and I, I shared this with Shay and Josh, I think, talking about the last boss. There are a lot of segments in that game where the platforming is often more difficult than the boss. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I, I think I specifically said it, it took me, like, over an hour to get to that last platforming section, but I killed the last boss in, like, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that last boss was n- the the s- yeah so like basically this is a very minor spoiler. Well, no, actually, it's kind of a big spoiler. So sorry in advance, a uh, big spoiler. You fight one enemy, and then you're whisked immediately into the final boss. So and mm-hmm. then the final boss has two forms, and the final boss's first form is much more difficult than its second form. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I don't even know if that's true. I don't know if you're like me. The final form is ridiculously easy if you manage to get to it with your with like plenty of special points and or your um ability that or not ability but like your your uh power up that Support gives you item. SP which is the one that you get at the end there. Um it's ridiculously easy if you have that on the last form. Um because you can essentially just spam special attacks into it the entire time and it's a joke if you can get to that third phase with that which is a huge if because the first two parts of the fight are more difficult are so much more difficult severely more difficult yes um, but the thing with a lot of these games is like for example i was stuck on this boss and i hadn't played it for a couple days so i just was watching like this youtube video of like um this guy so there's a video right now of some guy beating the whole game in an hour without dying once it's fucking nuts um did not die one goddamn time. But when I watched the boss fight, I just had this epiphany that, like, all these bosses, if you know what to do, are not hard. Um, it's yeah, just that's video games. Yes, yes, and I guess in a weird way that's true, right? I mean, it, it almost kind of, like, it doesn't spoil the fun for me, but it's just sort of weird because it's, like, the challenge is really just beating your head against for a half an hour and being like, oh, that's what I have to do, well, and then beating it in one try or something. The entire yeah. premise of Souls games is... Yeah. You're going to learn how an Most enemy behaves, how an enemy yeah. behaves, and respond accordingly. I, I guess what I'm saying is, when I think about how this game is notoriously difficult, and it is very difficult, like beating my head on this boss for half an hour, watching one video, walking in, and beating the boss without getting touched, was literally just like, if I know what to do, it's easy. And it was just like it didn't ruin the game or anything for me, but it was just like a weird kind of, oh, uh, okay, you know what I mean. I guess it applies no, to that's I mean it applies to anything whole, I guess but that's the whole game to me yeah, yeah. It, it literally yeah is applicable to any game you ever play that involves any kind of bosses if you know I mean it could even yeah, be applied well, I mean, to other last than too if you're a lot of games where Abby are in that fight if you are playing that final fight or that fight between them the first one or the second one if you know the other's moves if you know Ellie's moves in the first fight or Abby's moves in the second fight it's not a difficult fight if you already know what you're supposed to do. It's it's the same thing with any game. So yeah, yeah, but yeah, I wouldn't really I, look I at that as that. a difficult game. I guess when I think of like, I'm thinking of like games that are notorious for being cha- like difficult. Like, um, I still felt like Cuphead, even when I knew what to do, was pretty difficult at times. Well, that's more um, bullet hell. And th- that's what I'm saying is like, yeah. and maybe bosses that are a little more random. Yeah, I think as far as difficult bosses go, the West really has no frame of reference where. Like, the Toho games have been just 
ruining people's self-esteem in the East for decades at this point with actually difficult bosses um, going on in so many so many bullet hell games that we've just it's died off like legitimately difficult games have died off here uh we still have souls likes which are difficult ish which are again they're like difficult in that sort of old school style where like you need to know how a boss works learning to it's to understand it curve. um That's but then once is, you, yeah. once you've got it it's easier um that's true. Like the tower night, he was kicking my ass. And then I watched one video where this, I realized that it was just so silly how you had to beat him. And I was like, the souls games, like you said, are this. Hold on a minute. Go ahead. Didn't you say during the game of the year show, you never do that. Cause you feel cheap. Mm. Didn't you literally yeah, but he was say lying. three weeks ago that you never watch YouTube I don't think or so. internet videos. As far as looking up how to be bosses. Mm, no. You said getting past things in video games in general. I don't think so. I don't think it's my exact wording. Uh, um, but to answer your question, though, Che, I felt I'm sure there's a legalistic reason why he's not talking about the same thing. No, I mean, to answer your question, Che, yes, I felt very dirty looking hmm. at the Cyber Shadow and I felt very dirty looking at the Demon's Souls. So I'm not going to lie about it. But I had no choice because it was fucking hard. There's always a choice. Mm-hmm. See, here's, the, here's my deal. And to Che's point, I did feel dirty. And but I don't have the time to spend an hour on a boss anymore. I have a lot of things going on. I've been very busy. I have kids like when I sit down and play video games, that time is precious for me. So I hit a point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to feel like a cheap ass bitch and I'm going to look up the answer. So, yes, Shay, to answer your question, I did feel like a cheap bitch, but I had no choice. Mm. Thank you for making me feel terrible. No further questions, Your Honor. I think the answer here that you're just feel not bad about managing it. to stumble into is that looking it up is not something that should bother you at all, but somehow it still does. Yeah. It it it, it does a little bit, yeah, because I want to be able to figure it out on my own. Um, I do. I get that, but, I, like, I think about other things in my life when I just can't figure it out that sometimes somebody has an alternate way of thinking about it that I didn't think about. And it yeah. helps me to overcome, you know, like I won't go on this long tangent. I'll go on a very minor one. I've been playing basketball a lot lately. I've been playing basketball almost every week. You know, I've loved basketball ever since I was a kid, played it ever since I was a kid. And I joined an international club here and I've been playing every week and I've been playing in the more competitive games and I've been getting better and better. And like, I think I'm a better basketball player than I am now than I've ever been in my life. And I have people who play with me that are like, Hey, um, I noticed that you do this thing. Um, and so it makes you really easy to read on the offense when I'm defending you. If you start thinking about different ways to approach this situation, it's going to make it harder to guard you. Mm -hmm. And I think about it that way. Like that guy could have never told me anything, or I could have said, Hey, don't ever give me an advice. And I would have maybe never figured hey, that I'll out on my you. own. Yeah. But yeah. now that like I've been told, I mean, I could feel cheap and dirty because I didn't figure it out on my own. Or I could be like, hey, thanks for telling me. I still have to master how to integrate that on my own. So, you, you know, you could watch a YouTube video on a video game and you can learn how to do something, but that doesn't mean you're going to be able to do it. You still have to have the skill and you still have to be able to practice to 
be good enough to do that. Yeah. And so I don't know why you feel cheap and dirty because you still have to implement the skill there at the end of the day. And if you can do that, that's great. You should give yourself the credit there. You're just, yeah. Yeah. you're getting a different perspective on how to overcome something. Yeah. And like it's different the, the only... from like a puzzle solution game where you just can't figure out the puzzle solution and yeah. it requires no skill. That's a little bit different. And that I can agree with you. Yeah. On. Like looking up a puzzle <laughs> or looking up like, like, <laughs> like looking up cheese ways to deal with enemies. Like, okay, I don't want to learn how I'm supposed to fight this. Let me just learn a way that I can, with zero skill, just go trick a, you know, trick a boss into killing itself or something. Well, use what you got. Mm-hmm. Well, but Shay, to your point, if I can play devil's advocate. No, devil's avocado, are, Larry. By looking up the bosses, by watching that video, it was in many ways unfolding the combat puzzle and figuring out how to do it in a very efficient way. So it, I guess it, I felt just as dirty as looking up the solution. Now, to your point, both of your points, why do I feel guilty about that? It's probably an ego thing. It's probably just not wanting someone else to tell me how to do something. That's probably all it is. And that's fair. I can understand that. I, I get that. I mean, especially when I'm playing basketball and I, you know, like we need four points to win. I think I'm the person who's going to, best be qualified to do that sometimes and you know <laughs> yeah get yeah no anything ego is absolutely an issue there like if you need four points making a three and then missing another one doesn't win you but making two will at least get you into overtime josh making a sports reference is not something i had on my bingo card for 2021 but josh you filled out Shay's dream bingo card, and the next one is pull out your meters on camera. So we'll see when that happens. Ha! Huh. Oh, is that wow. something gonna, anyone say, really wants to see? I was gonna say, yes. Josh, that um, you can't see it right now, but I have half of a chub in my uh, gray sweatpants right now. Uh, uh, or or oh oh, thanks. That hole's a little too big for me, Josh. Your ear's a little bit too big for me. <laughs> or, if, or if you're James Harden, you just try to shoot a three and get fouled while you're taking it, so you can take the extra free. Yeah, there you go. I understand um, some of those words. So anyways, yeah, the usual crap. I know, Shay, you finished Cyber Shadow, correct? Knocked I did, yeah. Um, I'm going to say the platforming right before the final boss is going to give you hell more. Hell yeah. Oh, because I spent, I spent a few days, like half an hour or an hour or an hour and a half, a few days, working on that thing and uh (laughs) josh and i were talking about it i think two weeks ago while him and i were talking i was playing it or i can't remember what day it was or how long ago it was but he said like oh i think that there's a save point halfway up there's not (laughs) there there is you have to do it all in one go yeah was it yeah there there are three phases of it okay and so and it's it's some of the most difficult platforming in the game and uh it really tested my patience. It really tested my patience. Why am I remembering a save point in the middle of that? There's not one. Hmm. Josh is just so there good, it felt like there's a it save point. It felt like there was a save point. <laughs> <laughs> Before he knew it, he was up there, and he's like, oh, I'm already sure there's a save point, point guys. I never I'm died. Like, I'm, I, I it's imagined like it took me three like tries. I'm sure there's a save point of, somewhere. I imagine as a video game style Ninja Warrior where like they're doing that final climb to the top or be, uh, ultimate beast master. I love that show 
where like you're you're trying to just get to the top and like you're scraping every last bit of energy and you're like i'm almost fucking there i'm almost at that save point and then you die and yeah oh yeah that that part was super frustrating but overall yeah i really enjoyed the game a lot it was a lot of fun um i don't have too much more to add than what i said before i love i love the way the game ends and i i loved how the story didn't ask too much of the player like it knew the right amount it needed to be it wasn't too much it wasn't too little it was enough to keep you interested and it knew it was kind of secondary to the gameplay i really appreciate that about the game like morgan said the music's great as well my biggest disappointment is just that they did not do i mean at least for what the game is, I wish they would have done more job, better job promoting it because I had no idea it was even coming out until Rich mentioned it. And I feel like they, when you drop a game at the beginning of January, it's a weird time. I just, I wish that they had spent a little I more mean, time, like saying, games can't hey. spend seventy five percent of the budget on marketing, like and AAA games can. But yacht, dude, yacht club games can though. No, with all they that money, can, not. can they? They released. Uh, what, 45 DLC packs for free? They made a lot of money. Look, I want to say this, this is Yacht Club. second is... game. Well, but they... oh, come on, Rich. They've made so much money on Shovel Knight and so many different platforms and merchandise. My point is just this. I don't know for sure. I don't work for Yacht Club. I know none of us do. They've been very kind whenever we've, we've had association with them. I believe that they could have promoted this game more. And just if they would have just said, hey, the people that like made Shovel Knight are putting out this new game, I would have been hyped. As soon as Rich told me it was the Shovel Knight people, I went well, and I bought mean, it. I've been following so, this game for a year. And the thing is, like, that's almost disingenuous at a point because it's not the Shovel Knight people. They published well, yeah. No, but that's how you sell it, though. When you say, like, from producer M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, it's like, he just produced it. He didn't make it. It's how you sell the thing. Well, to be fair, that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of been their M.O. Yeah. Like, whenever they dropped new DLC for Shovel Knight, it wasn't like they were blasting it out there. They, were, they released it to the people who are interested, and I think that Shovel Knight is such a niche game, and I think this game, Cyber Shadow, is also such a niche game. It's it's going to cater to a specific group of gamers. So why spend all that money promoting when you know your target audience at the end of the day? Their target audience is people who pay attention to what they're doing. Okay. That's exactly what I was saying. Fair point. I'm not arguing with you guys. It's all made excellent points. My only point is I host a podcast and play games for a living. I had never heard of the goddamn thing. I just wanted to... And furthermore... Well, that's on you, Had you ever heard of it, Because I talked about it on the podcast... Prior, after I went I mean, to I host a gaming podcast, and I don't hear about half the shit. Two games came out this last week that I didn't know about until the week of, and they were sequels to games that I love. There's There are too many games coming out now to keep up with everything. Breaking my heart. Breaking my heart. That might be true. I, mean, I just felt like God Club me with music all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I will say this. If, like you're saying, if they put nothing into promotion, but they get enough word of mouth, even if it only sells 300,000 copies or whatever, that could be a huge success if they don't spend anything on marketing. It's going to be so. a lot more than that. I, I'm curious. I don't know. I wonder what yeah. that is. I mean, you scoff at that, but games like Catherine only sold like 500,000 copies over the course of a yeah. while. So no, that's, it's a that's, niche that's audience. That's reasonable, especially since the game launched on game pass i'm sure yeah. they got some sort of deal oh, with that oh that's, that's true a good point as well yeah. like it was it was front page of game pass for several yeah. weeks um 
Yeah, you know they got money from that shit. Yeah, like I, I think they're doing better. Like we didn't, you didn't know about it until it came out, but you knew about it when it came out. That's true. That's true. So I, I think it's doing so a better they, job than you're giving it credit for. Way. It's, yeah. it's like yeah. there wasn't hype for it, but I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna do all right. And that's just it, Morgan. Like you said, you're like I host a gaming podcast. I didn't know about it. Yeah, but someone on your podcast has been following that game since it was announced a year ago. <laughs> like yeah. you don't have to be the one who knows about it. Yeah, word of mouth is so huge right now because there is too much coming out. Too many games. Yeah. Too many games will spoil this ass. That's true. That's true. All too many games. All reasonable. Too many games. <laughs> um, Thank you. I'm Rich, so glad. Rich, I'm Rich so said glad that, that wanted, played on here. <laughs> Rich, said he, Rich said he wanted to build up to this because um, him and Josh had first impressions of Bowser, and we can give you the floor next week. But I did want to, because... We played a to, lot of it, actually. Yeah, I think we both thought we would get like five minutes into it and ended up playing about two hours, getting sucked well, in and playing which way not more a, than we expected. It, to. It's important to add like this feels like an experiment. It's not like we're probably maybe another two, maybe three hours away from beating it. So here's what I want to do to build up to that, because I know I'm going to have to put my kid to bed and you guys are going to ramble on and that's great. Ramble! We're going to make that. We're going to make that the big pinnacle of this show. Okay, Bowser and Mario, so stick around. What I want to do right now, over the next 20 minutes, is catch up on all the polls that we have not been able to catch up on. Okay, and then we'll take a break, come back, and you guys can talk about Mario and Bowser. Okay. Because uh, we're, we're behind, and some of these are really fun and debates I don't want to miss. This is the first debate that I did not want to miss. Um, I want to get your take on this, too, Shay and Josh. Josh wearing a Polo Knight shirt today, which is great for this particular poll. I was curious because two of the most beloved Metroidvanias, minus the Messenger, which I guess we can throw in there, of the past several years have been Hollow Knight and Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Now, I put that up to our audience, and I was I obviously I know our audience pretty well, so it didn't surprise me. I have my own theory, but um, it was about sixty-ish to forty-ish. It went up and down a little bit here and there in Hollow Knight's favor. Now, Josh. When you think about why the audience voted or your particular taste, and then we'll throw it to Shay because I know Ori was his game of the year and he also loves Hollow Knight. Why do you think the vote came back that way? And also, why do what do you think is the big difference between the games for you as far as enjoyment goes? Ooh. Um, I think part of that is because not a lot of people have still played the new Ori yet. And the first one... It's got so much going for it, but it still feels like it's missing something. Um, and, and I really feel like it's the... A, a lot of the combat they added to the second Ori kind of completes the package um, in a way that, like, if you just played the first Ori, like, like okay, that's great, but, like, I still feel like there's, you know, some part of it is not completely coming together. Whereas Hollow Knight is just kind of a singular package at this point, and the whole thing works. Um, what about for you, Hollow Knight or Ori and the Will of the Wisps? Hmm. Hmm. That was the I don't know. Because again, like, like I feel like had just the second game come out, and there'd been way more time for people to just Will of the Wisps, it would be way closer. Well, not people. It's about you. I want to know your. Yeah. Um. For our listeners, Josh is staring into the sky. He wants a lifeline. 
cannot be provided. I still really like a lot that Hollow Knight does. Like, I really, I love that world. I love how big it feels. It feels like you're getting such a small part of it. Because they're bugs. The, like, the story in Hollow Knight is... (laughs) Thank you, Rich, for the bug comment. You're welcome. Kind of... I don't know, just, just, that's more of a personal thing. Like, I feel like the actual story itself coming together, like, the, the just the narrative is much better. It's a rich fantasy world. In, well, no, no, like, in, in, um, Will the Wisps, in, in Ori, like, I feel like they're telling a cohesive singular yeah. story. But um, Hollow Knight's doing the Hollow Demon Knight, Souls lore thing. Yeah, the yeah, other sort of, like, okay, you're gonna maybe. get this tiny little part of a gigantic world. And, and your brain part of that just in. really speaks to me. Um, okay, okay, that's good. Let's stop yeah. right there. Shay, take the floor. Um, I think the big thing there is a big part of it is atmosphere. Hollow Knight is kind of a darker game, and it also is a little bit more predicated on the challenge than I think Ori is. And when mm-hmm. I think I think a big thing we have to take in con- into consideration now and I know it's going to kind of sound silly, is streaming. I think Hollow Knight is a good game to stream because it's a difficult game, and a lot of people are going to start playing that on stream because it's a challenge. And a lot of... They, they, you need a game there to keep people invested and wanting to stay there for hours, and on top of that, you want something that's going to be difficult for someone to overcome when they're watching a stream. I think that's true of a lot of smaller streamers. Obviously, that's something I got to take into consideration as well. Um, when you're streaming a game that's easier, it's not necessarily bad, but there's, there's less interest there, I think. So I think that's part of it. Part of that is the atmosphere. Part of that is considering um, who's going to be playing the game. But I think a big part of that, too, is that uh, Hollow Knight didn't, wasn't immediately super popular yeah. like, like it is now. It took years. It took a few years. It came out in 2018. Last year really is when people started talking about that game, two years after it dropped. Ori's been out for less than a year at this point, uh, in chronologically. It's going to take some time as people get around to it. You know, It took me three years to play The Messenger, and I'm seeing how great that game is in retrospect. That happens sometimes as gamers. We have other games that come out that we prioritize, and then we go back and we play some of those games that we missed. I think for a lot of people, Ori is that type of game, and I think for a lot of people, Hollow Knight was that type of game as well. Yeah, well, yeah, great points. Um, yeah, I, hmm. I think to me, one of the things I that speaks to me is about how different these games are. I think they both complement each other in. So here's my theory. I'll throw it at you guys. Ori made a lot of strides to move toward kind of what Hollow Knight was doing, adding combat and things like that. Um, Ori was out two years earlier. Yeah, that's a big chase. uh, What happened? No, no. Again. Not discounting the difficulty thing, because, yeah, there's definitely a lot of streaming difficult games being a thing. Um, like, I feel like getting over it kind of became such a big deal because of people wanting to stream a difficult game. 
not to, not not to take anything away from it. Like it's it's a really good game, but it kind of became a thing because of its difficulty. Um, and I don't think the first Ori was difficult in that way at all. No, no, I I I don't really see your point though because Ori and the Will of the Wisp came out last year, two years before Hollow Knight. Yeah, but Ori the Blind Forest came out two years before that. It's been out for six years. It came out in 2015, so it came out three years beforehand, yeah. I believe. Let me let me throw yeah, me, but, but anyway, throw this again, second, like Morgan. I I don't think the quick. whole um, time no, I, thing has has to deal with it, but um, I do because he's comparing the Will of the Wisp to Hollow Knight. I think he was just comparing and the franchise, I, I, wasn't he? Well, I mean, Hollow Knight really is isn't quite a franchise until Silk Song releases. But again, yeah, um, like that's just. I thought it was no, in, Josh. I, to be I fair, I think it was. Long, I thought it was implied that it was Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Yeah. Well, that, again, that's it's I, it's not because the first one was great. All I was, all I was saying is simply with the time frame is it's going to take time for people to get to Will of the Wisps. I'm yeah. not saying because it's been out longer that more people have been able to play it. I'm saying. Because Hollow Knight released in 2018, it took two years for some people to get around to playing Hollow Knight and that word of mouth to spread as wide as it did. Now, I see your point that The Blind Forest came out before Hollow Knight, and therefore, at least some of that should transfer to Will of the Wisp, and I'm sure it has. I'm sure it has. I'm saying also, I think part of that too is that, like me, like you guys, um, less so Josh than anybody else, or maybe even Rich, that some people kind of are like, yeah, I, I love Blind Forest. I want to get to Will of the Wisp, but I have other games that are more pressing right now, and it's going to take mm. me some time to go back and eventually play Will of the Wisp. And I think that's a big part of it, too, is all I was trying to say. I wasn't yeah, trying to no, say Yeah, no, um, definitely. It's um, kind of like, like, like what I was that. saying, where like Will the Ori is kind of split into the first game being great, but feeling incomplete. Like, I absolutely love Blind Forest, but it feels incomplete in a lot of ways. It does. Um, it does. And I, so I think it coming out early and then instead of adding more and more to it, like Hollow Knight has, where there's been tons of DLC for that game that's just folded into the game over the mm -hmm. years. Like, I've played through well, that game that's... several times at this point because they just add more to it. Uh -huh. To to um, Shay's what Shay was saying though, Josh, and I, your point is well taken. It's just that when I was the reason I asked our audience to uh, about Hollow Knight or Will and the Wisp because Will and the Wisp mm. is sort of the accumulation of what they've been working for with Ori. Culmination, yeah, it's kind of what they've been working toward with Ori. As and Hollow Knight, there's only one, but it's sort of like I will say this, Josh, your shirt is. Um, am I sweating? Oh, you wouldn't be able to see my sweat, Josh. You can't see the. <laughs> Josh, your shirt actually, weirdly enough, shows is my theory in that even though there's like, I think the moment to moment plat like design of Ori to me is more impressive. Um, Hollow Knight slaughtered in that iconic poll we did where we put up the, uh, the Hollow Knight character. It makes mm -hmm. a great T-shirt. Like even if I loved it's Ori as much as Shay. design. It is. If even if I loved Ori as much as Shay, I don't know what I would like. I was looking at the Ori collectors editions or Ori shirts, and they're just you can't do anything with it. You know, it's 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 unfortunate, and I think it sucks because the one thing Ori I think is missing from latching on to being that big game is yeah. that iconic character. 
like, I love Ori, but he's kind of, for all intents and purposes, an albino stitch. He's a lemur. Well, and, and as a gameplay design, it works well because you get the, the the illuminated character against the background, so it helps you see. But, like, from a character art standpoint, not too exciting or memorable. You know what I mean? Well, Hollow Knight um, follows that rule yeah. of, like, a striking profile. Like, if you can recognize a character from his silhouette, yeah, then, like, that's an iconic design, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, I honestly, as much as it pains me to say this, I think that's a very probably one of the be- best points made here about this discussion yeah. because I could draw Hollow Knight now. And I, I played that game over two or almost two years ago, and I could draw at least his head mm-hmm. very well. Like, if, I, if somebody asked me, like, right now, I'm handing you a pen and paper, draw Ori, I don't know what the fuck I draw. <laughs> that's, that's the truth as, as much as i hate to Just admit that take a highlighter and scribble something um and, and to be fair ori a lot of the great things they did were in, in they were emulating hollow knight they were taking the combat and a lot of the boss design. that yeah. was my understanding is that they were emulating a lot of things hollow knight did so they were also sort of following yeah, a lot, a lot of the improvements way. like again like i feel like there's a there's a straight line from ori sure, I just put to a picture hollow of an ori in the chat for you too. Like it's <laughs> it, not is, real. it is very much the they're almost a series as far yeah. as the way the progression yeah. feels going and, from and one I will game say to the this, next. To your first point, Josh, that was my secondary point I was gonna make is that even though I think Ori is the best looking 2D game I've ever seen and it's gore it's so gorgeous, it's like stunning. The there was little things about the world of Hollow Knight being like kind of demon soulsy, like what's in that big egg, and like you do kind of ask these questions about the world. Even though I actually enjoy the platforming in Ori more, like the exploration of the world, moving around, I enjoyed more than Hollow Knight. But I do feel like Hollow Knight had that thing where I'm like, this world is just weirder. Like I want to know what's going on. You know what I mean? Um, and that also plays into the nature. Yeah, of, you know. that's yeah, that's what I was essentially trying to say with the whole atmosphere of the game it's it's mm-hmm. darker like there's more mystery involved there it is kind of a bummer it definitely yeah. has a different vibe mm-hmm. I, it is a bummer though for people like you shay i feel like, even though i didn't love it as much as you did but i still have a lot of respect for it it kind of bums me out that ori could not it sounds like a silly thing but if they could i feel like if they just could have had a more iconic character design they could have really landed with more it sucks because i feel like there's Maybe people won't give it a chance because of, of certain aspects of it, or it won't sell, or it won't make a lot of statues that people put up. And it sounds dumb, right? I know Rich has a Hollow Knight toy in his room somewhere um, that he pulled out one time. But it's like, it's it's a helpful vessel to move that forward to people, I think, sometimes. And it's a bummer because there's a lot of amazing stuff in Ori that people might never see. Um yeah, yeah. I'd say some of the other characters in that game are actually more iconic than Ori himself. Yeah, like like Gumo. Mm-hmm. I would totally get a fucking Gumo. Statue. Who's Gumo? Which one's Gumo? Gumo is the spider. The s- um, oh, the weird. Spider. But like, yeah, no, seriously. Like, I have looked at and almost bought the Ori plush from Fan Gamer like five times, and I'm like, if I'm gonna buy a weird looking rabbit, it's it's going to be Max. It's gonna be Roger Rabbit. It's gonna be Max. Like. Yeah. What's yeah. the Cliffy B Rabbit game? And Jazz if you're Jack Morgan, Rabbit, it's nobody be wants a Lola that. Bunny, so you mm. can drool all over it. And it's not a Cliffy and, and B game. And if I want a really weird looking rabbit, then I'm gonna get. Uh... Oh fuck! My brain just died. Um. PS One rhythm game, and I'm completely dead. Like my pa rabbit. No, no. PS One rhythm game where you could put in your own CDs to add music to it. Um. 
Monster Ranch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just just kidding. Monster it only it, <laughs> I, it never came to the U.S. Um, but you could buy you could buy oh, yeah, copies of it from import Japan. it, baby. Jumping Flash? No, oh, no, God that's a it. that is not a rhythm game. Um, fuck, my brain has completely failed me now. That's not your your line writer. It's like it's like, but not. It looks like line writer as far as what the actual gameplay is, but it's not line writer like gameplay. God damn it! What's the name of this game? Fuck. It was like the inspiration no for a ton of rhythm games going forward from there. Not nah, ringing a bell. I'm sorry. Anyways, I, I probably didn't because it didn't come to the states, but it was uh, like super influential rhythm shuffle. game. God let's damn shuffle it. on. Um, good conversation, it. guys. Good talk. Uh, this is obviously very important as well. For some reason, people are excited about this King Kong versus Godzilla thing. This is the thing that confuses me about this is like I love the Godzilla movie, but I don't understand the appeal of this King Kong versus Godzilla thing. It seems silly to me. Maybe Vib I'll ribbon. change my mind. Vib ribbon. Um, Sorry. Good. I don't know what's going on. It anymore. came to How me. Are you having a stroke? It's like uh, it's like a uh, um vertex based like line looking thing, but you're essentially a rabbit who's like. You're running. A, it's it's like a runner. It's it was like one of the first runner slash oh, rhythm games. Oh, he's talking about the Vib ribbon. I got you. you anyway, well, again, Josh, talking about weird rabbits. Getting back to the whole 60, weird rabbit thing. Jazz Jack Rabbit. Sixty five percent of our audience said that they chose the side of Godzilla in Godzilla vs Kong, which is easy because one of them's a big monkey and one of them's fucking Godzilla. Yeah, Godzilla is a walking nuclear power plant, and King Kong is monkey. This the second. This, the Godzilla is one of the saddest things to me because I love that first one so much, and then when I saw the second one get shit on, I never watched it. And now second I'm, one's fine. Godzilla versus King or King. Of, what was it called? Godzilla King of Monsters. King of Monsters with the Stranger Things girl in it. That was okay. Yeah, the movie's fine. Like, it's a bunch of big monster fights. It's a big spectacle. Yeah, that's... but see, I think the first one is a masterpiece. So. Uh, well, you're wrong anyway, so that's fine. the The first one is also fine. The way you use fine, Rich, makes me makes me. It's a fucking classic. Godzilla movie. No, it, it, so it was from the. It was an indie director who made monsters, and they gave him a chance to. And he made this really artful, beautiful. They didn't show the Godzilla monster for like an hour. They killed the Breaking Bad guy in the first twenty minutes of the movie, which was amazing. It was that parachuting Brian scene. Prince. That parachuting scene. In I the love red. giving oh, people credit for awesome. being deceptive in trailers. That's a thing they deserve credit for. You watch her. No, it was an homage to the classic monster movies where they didn't show the monster right away. Because, you know, because none, none, none of us know children sang because none of us know what Godzilla looks like. Elizabeth Olsen is in there, too. Um, have you played Rich's favorite game of 2018? The Messenger 82 percent of our audience said no. The fuck's wrong with you people? Get out there. They said it's too goofy. I'm sorry. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> For the record, Rich, there's nothing wrong with being goofy. I would like to say that. There's well, nothing every time wrong... you, you said it as like a negative point, so I don't really... I did. Well, for me, it was a negative, but it doesn't have to be a negative for everyone. You know we talk about video games here, right? Stand out above the crowd. Guys, taking my goofy movie joke. Um, let's see. I think I had one more poll that I wanted to mention with you guys. Oh, this one blew my mind. You guys are, oh, where did fuck did Josh go? Just say what you're saying. You got tired of you talking uh, shit on the messenger. I'm not talking shit on the messenger. I just said it was goofy. 
I like the game a lot. It's a good game. Um, let's see here. You can only... Oh, Josh is going to be sad he missed this. This blew my mind, guys. You can only simp for one. With all of the hype the tall lady's getting right now, the tall lady could not crush Pan Am. Wow. She could not crush Pan Am with her... <laughs> Shocking. I can't pass judgment until I see if uh, the tall lady is in a finished game. I assume she will be. Pan Am for life, baby. You know, that's a fair... Actually, that's a good point, Rich, because as much as people love the tall lady, all we have is a trailer to go off of. Maybe when the game comes out, you know, the simping will be higher, because in Pan Am, you have all these missions. Uh, Listen, I'm really excited for the lore of the tall lady, because I ascribe to the theory that the tall lady is a tyrant, that William Birkin's last wish before he died was to make the tyrants fuckable. Good dude, that that tall lady has some knockers. Let me tell Birkin you. grabbed grabbed oh. Wesker by the collar. He said, "Wesker, make the tyrants fuckable. Give them I'm not even dig old biddies, Wesker." <laughs> that's not a that's not a bad theory, Rich. I actually think that's a solid theory. Um, but the idea of them making a hot tyrant is kind of a cool twist. Well, that's the to, case, to be but... fair, the like there's been like things pointing to that possibly being the case that it being a genetic modification of a tyrant because. Um, I think they pointed out a few things. The height is on par. Uh, she has the long dangly fingers and that big corsage is actually covering the part of a tyrant where the heart is. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Th- did you see that, that there, there's, she was getting so much height that the creators of the tall lady had to come out on Twitter and be like, wow, we're, ex- we're blown away by you guys being so excited. Oh, about yeah, the like tall She's lady. nine feet tall. She's nine <laughs> foot eight. <laughs> I feel like they were even surprised by that. They're like, "Yeah, we're just creating this cool character." Of course like, they were. They're like, "You all, you horny assholes! You you never know what's gonna blow up in today's world. You just don't know." You know what I mean? It's just it's fascinating to me. So that's cool. That gets me excited. Tall lady isn't quite enough to get more excited than VR, but it's still pretty exciting. So, Shay, who did you vote for? A Pan Am or a tall lady? Pan Am, probably, right? I'll give you one guess. Have you ever climbed several feet just for penetration? Not yet. Would you be interested? One can dream. I'm not against it. (laughs) Hang like a monkey. All right. I'm getting too excited here. Uh, Sorry, Um, I had to look it up. Yes, Takano-san says the lady is nine foot six. By the way. Nine foot six. That's the deep end at my local pool. Holy shit. It's a nine foot deep end. Six inch lip. It's not that deep. Climb out. That's a that's a that's a strange choice. Yeah. Nine foot deep? I think that's pretty common for deep ends, I would think. Generally no, it's ten feet. About pool. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> ten feet is kind of standard. Can we get a pool expert in here? We need <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like exp- for a diving board, because like Nine feet is just enough for me to kill myself diving in. Yeah. Like generally they go mm-hmm. ten feet to make sure that tall people don't just immediately and in die my opinion, using the pool. They should go deeper. Hmm. If I if we're up to me, we'd be going fifteen feet. Mm-hmm. Dude, some of those pools, like those Olympic pools that are like 
really deep freaked me out when I like I'd, when I was a mm. kid and I looked in I went to SeaWorld and I looked in the fucking SeaWorld tank and I saw how deep it was it gave me this unnerving fear yeah. that when I was playing Maneater and I sw- swam into that SeaWorld tank I was like I get this deep creepy fear of pools mm. that are that deep I can't explain why well the SeaWorld tank yeah, the depth you. doesn't bother me as much as like I don't know if you've ever been to a pool where like The the depth yeah. change from the shallow end to the deep end is like way too steep. So like you oh, just accidentally off. step off of it, and all of a sudden it's oh, just like when it's it's like boom. it's basically a it's ledge. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like a ledge rather and than an incline. That, that messes with me. Like not the depth itself, but like going from oh I'm just walking here and it's below my nipples and to it's like, gone. I'm in over my head. Yeah. Like that is that always feels a little strange to me when it's not a gradual shift to the deep end i'm a guy who really likes to let the tide drag him out at the beach to the point that it's almost (laughs) dangerous there's a yeah there's a scary story you're like ah is god gonna take me today i guess we'll find out hoping so hoping so there's just there's a scary story my aunt told um my aunt told me because i would go down to her house in florida and fish and they're they live right on the coast and you'd wear waders to go out there but you have to be careful because if the water goes above the waiter line it you can drown um so some pe- there was this guy who lived down nearby. No one them thinks to he- unhook the waiters. Crazy, right? Well, yeah, right. It, I don't know if it's a panic thing, but yeah, sometimes. No, no, like no, like it legitimately, yes. No one thinks to unhook the waiters. You'll sit there and struggle and not make any progress, and never unhook the fucking. Because you will not it's be in just... the right headspace to make that call. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you're, you're fucking drowning. The yeah. thought to unhook the waiters is literally the last thing on your mind at that point. Well, now I'm going to remember to unhook the waiters forever. Um, But the point was there, yeah, it just seemed fine until he stepped off the drop-off, and then suddenly it was, you know, a little Saturday morning fishing for catfish, and now he's dead. So, you know, it's creepy. Um, And that's why we always send a child in first. uh (laughs) You can make a new one Uh, of those things in like five years. Yeah. We'll just make a new one. (laughs) Um, we have uh, Haven and, and uh, Mario to discuss here, Bowser's Fury, after this last break, um, in which I will probably disappear because I'm putting my kid to bed and we're going to record another podcast. But I want to thank everyone for voting at the Sword Chomp Instagram page. And uh, this next segment is going to be popping if you want to hear about Super Mario 3D World, which I'm interested to hear Josh's opinion on because in the past he has been a little negative about those Super Mario 3D games. But... Um, seems kind of excited about Bowser's Fury. We'll find out why when we come back. What is up, Chomp Nation? This is Morgan here, also known as General Mountain Time. And look, I want to tell you today about our Patreon. That's right, Chomp Nation is growing every day. And if you enjoy what we do, whether it's the Chompcast, our social media, our YouTube channel, Twitter, anything we're doing out there you can support us and for just a couple bucks you can help keep us alive and honestly our patrons have basically become family and i want to go over a couple of the cool tiers we have if you want to support us and if you don't that's fine too we're just happy that you download and check out the podcast um our biggest and most popular tier we have is just five dollars five bucks you get access to early spoiler casts. That's right, Chomping After Dark. You get those several weeks early. And you get access to our top secret VIP Instagram page. That's right. On the podcast, you might hear me say, hey, do you want to be a VIP member of the Chomp cast? And you say, 
I sure do, I sure do. Well, guess what? Boom, that $5 tier makes you a VIP member. You get access to this secret Instagram page that has top secret videos and pictures and polls that only VIP members get. And those polls and those feedback questions that we get, if it's a question of the week, for example, are read on the show, we make you a part of what we do. Um, so go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. You can look for our $5 tier, which is probably our most popular. And then from there, it escalates. We have a $10 tier, a $20 tier for Skypes. There's a lot of great things. But just head on over to patreon.com slash swordchomp. Check it out. And if you want to support us, it would mean the world to me, Rich, Josh, and Shay, and everyone else out there in Chomp Nation. Until next time, General Mountain Time salutes you. Alright, and we are back from our quick break. Um, this is Morgan Barnes here. And uh God, I'm gonna be throwing it over. You sound to... so much sexier. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? Hey, thank you. Uh <laughs> we're gonna be throwing it over to Rich and Josh. We're gonna be talking about the new Super Mario game. So uh you guys wanna take it away, go right ahead. Sure. Um Josh and I both picked up the Switch re-release of Super Mario 3D World that comes with Bowser's Fury. Um, I think it's fair to say I like 3D World a lot. I'm going to go back through that again, but that's not the part we want to talk about. Uh, we want to talk about the new game, which is Bowser's Fury, uh, which I think we both got maybe two hours a little bit more under the belt at this point. I'd probably I like get it. closer to like four. Okay, so yeah, you're you've got a. This feels like the weirdest, like most experimental Mario thing I've seen in a long time. I don't know if you mirror that sentiment, Josh. I'm yeah. Um, it feels an awful lot like Majora's Mask in the sense of like, okay, we've got this toolkit. Let's try something completely let different. People make something bizarre with it. Yeah. Um, because Bowser's Fury is essentially a game built on the the Super Mario 3D World engine and with assets. the same move sets, the same assets basically. Um and it's kind of a sequel to Super Mario Sunshine. Sort of, sort of. Um but they're like let's make something weird with it and it is essentially a single gigantic level like a single world that you're it's, in. It's an open world Mario game. Yeah, it's like an experiment in what would an open world Mario game be. And the basic uh like plot setup seems to be Bowser has gone ballistic and uh Bowser Jr. comes seeking Mario for help. Bowser is turned into like a literal fucking kaiju. Yeah. Like he, he's gone giga Bowser. He's Godzilla sized Bowser. Um, to, to the point that you even, like, as you, in Mario games, typically when you get enough stars, in this particular instance, they've really taken a linking to that cat suit thing. So they are called cat shines here. They're a mix of shine sprites and uh, <laughs> the little cat tokens. Uh, when you reach a certain capping point, like the sort of thing that would normally open a new area in the castle in like a typical 3D Mario game or something, you essentially have a kaiju battle with bowser and it's pretty awesome because you grow to a monumental size and you could see the world you've been running around in now as if you were a giant monster looming over it 
Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh... Like the fights themselves are okay, but like it's it's sort of like an interesting. The spectacle of it is what. Yeah, it's, it's more of a spectacle sort of thing. Like okay, like this big open world thing. Now I'm massive, and I can kind of look down on it and see it the way Bowser has been this entire time. And also, there's like Bowser is a looming threat the whole time. I don't know yeah. exactly what the timer is on it, but basically every few minutes while you're exploring this world. Bowser will wake up from like this hibernation state and it'll start pouring rain and like the heavy metal kicks in and yeah. he's just like raining down hell and you need to either if you are able to at that point go to the giant form and start this fight or you need to get another one of these cat shines and a lighthouse will essentially awaken and shine some light on Bowser and, yeah. and put him back in his hibernation. Yeah, it's it's an interesting sort of dynamic there because it at, again, I'd have to look up the exact time. It's like Probably I think it's somewhere nine between minutes. five and ten minutes. It's like it's nine minutes just... is what I saw on Twitter. Okay, I've not looked it up, but it, like it, it feels like it's around that time. Um, and you can either fight him, uh, avoid him for that entire time because you're tiny and you can't do anything back to him at that point. Um, and it, like I think he sticks around for like two minutes, maybe. Or if you could put him to sleep faster. Yeah, also, or, or like again, like Rich was saying earlier, if you manage to get one of those shines, which is essentially a star or a moon from any other Mario game, um, if you get one of those, it will essentially power up the lighthouse in the area, which will do a little chunk of Bowser's health, which will stay then, out for the next big kaiju fight. Yeah, which is also yeah, nice. Like, he's like, uh, yes, exactly. Like you can you can kind of choose when you want to do the fight. Um, you can either do it as soon as it's available, as soon as you have enough stars for it, or if you feel like you need a little extra help, or not even if you feel like it, like if you just want to explore and do a little bit more at the time, you can do damage to him before you actually get into that fight by waiting to collect these shines until Bowser is back, and then like pick it up then and do a chunk of his health that way. To make sure that damage like goes to that fight, it's it's neat. Like it's it uh, doesn't feel particularly necessary based off of the first. The fights are not difficult. Well, I like did four three of fights them. or so. They they get more difficult. Like Bowser gets more and more moves as you go. Like the first two three fights are pretty straightforward. Um, as you go on, he gets more and more moves. Um. The most recent one I did was when he he got that role where he actually leaves some of the goop from Sunshine in his wake. Because, yes, he is throwing around that goop from Sunshine. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of aspects of Sunshine in this, be it with the, the things being sprites and the presence of Bowser Jr. in his paintbrush. Uh, yeah. The Bowser Jr. is the one thing I really wanted to ask you about, Josh, because I know you've been playing with the kiddo. And... You can't. There is a two-player mode where the second player plays as Bowser Jr., and I'm just wondering what that is like. Um, when when you go to the start of the game on a single-player mode, you can pick how much you want Bowser Jr. to help you. Um, either a little, a lot, or none at all. Um, and essentially, Bowser Jr. will smack enemies with his paintbrush, which will, um. Just just kill enemies straight up. 
Um, he can even is, damage bosses. Yeah, he can damage bosses, but like, a, um, it's it's a step up from essentially the two player mode in uh, Galaxy, Galaxy, where you can stun enemies by wasting your resources. Um, but it very much feels like in this, it's in the same vein. Like you'll just do a hit to an enemy. Um, it might be more appealing to a kid at the least, though I would think, because at least they have agency over a character. Yes, they have a. They have agency over character. Uh, the one thing I will say that I do not like is that whenever you are playing the game, it's a single camera sort of affair. Both characters are, they'll like do some tricks to make sure both of you are on screen as much as possible, but it is focused on Mario. And if Bowser Jr. wanders off camera, he'll just be off camera. Um, but to fix that, both characters have right stick bound to the that's, same camera. That's a which, terrible idea. It's a very terrible idea. And I had to make sure that my kid knew okay, just don't touch my camera because I'd be doing some platforming and he'd be like, what's over here? And I wouldn't know that. And having someone move your camera like that is, I mean, we've been over this for the last several decades. Having your camera change when you're trying to do something fucking sucks. And having another yeah. person able to do that to you sucks. Um, I don't know why they chose that. Like, it's it's it does not seem necessary given the agency the second character has in general they just they need to patch out that ability just period there's no reason for bowser jr to be able to or at least give you the option to turn it off yeah like it's that is frustrating and like it would it was frustrating for the first five minutes until i realized what my kid was doing because like it made no goddamn sense why it was there in the first place and it took me a while to figure out what was going on um, and then at that point I'm like, okay, all right, just, just don't touch the right stick kid. Like, no, just don't, just don't do it. Um, besides that, um, they do a good job of allowing Bowser Jr. to have a wide variety of impact on what you're doing because, um, without power-ups, Mario doesn't have a basic attack in this game. Like it, you, you have you know, like the fire flower and the cat suit and the boomerang upgrade. You've, you've got a bunch of attacks. You have a lot of different suits. Um, but by default, you don't have an attack. Whereas Bowser Jr. will always have that paintbrush swing sort of a deal. So he's always a threat. Um, so you can be very effective, but you also don't have to be. Um, one thing that I really liked is that kind of Bowser Jr., whoever's playing that, can move around, um, also has the ability to essentially fly whenever. You, your jump button will let you use the propeller on your little Koopa Clown car. car. Yeah, your cloud car, uh, or clown car, uh, to essentially fly wherever, um, which is really cool. It gives you a lot of agency, but also, if you're playing with a kid like I was, um... You can use the controls just as if you were playing in single-player mode to hit R and then use the motion controls to point at what you want Bowser Jr. to go do. And it will move the character over there, at which point 
player two will still have to hit Y to like interact with the thing you want them to interact with. Uh, so like, okay, like I clearly see something over here. I want you to go do kid. Like, let me send you over there. And he's still like, he's, he's, he, what he's five. So he's, he's still little yeah. and it's still satisfying for a kid to be able to go over there. Even after you sent them over there and then have to push Y to do what you want them to do. Yeah. Um, which was pretty cool. Um, also, kind of like I was, we were mentioning before, where you can, if you collect a shine while Giga Bowser, essentially, I don't think they call him Giga Bowser, but they call it's the item you use to fight him the Giga Bell. So yeah. I'm comfortable calling him Giga Bowser. Yeah. Um, if you collect a shine at that point, uh, you know the lighthouse activates and it ends and he's gone. Yeah. And he's gone. I've had a lot of fun collecting, um, on every Island they give you, um, one of the shines is based off of collecting these like five little collectible token, these cat tokens, cat tokens thing, um, which is basically the only shines that, bowser jr can directly interact with oh um, okay i didn't even think of that yeah so i've had a lot of fun like collecting four or so and then like whenever giga bowser shows up being like hey like in order to have him more directly interact with what's going on in the game like hey why don't you go collect this last shine sprite and you can defeat bowser at this point um it's not like a big thing, but it's it's it feels way more impactful than kind of just firing loom bits at something like in earlier iterations Galaxy, of this yeah. sort of assistant. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like they did a fairly good job. I Like they've been slowly getting better at how to make a secondary character in a single player Mario game feel good. And this is definitely the best they've done. Sans that poor, poor choice to let your kid move your camera for you. Yeah. Like, um, that's like the only downside I've seen to it so far. Other than that, it feels just great. Also, in a very un-Nintendo fashion, there is a really great photo mode in this. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. Um, you can easily, by hitting down on the D-pad, access the photo mode, which will allow you to change filters, change, like, you've got a bunch of options. Stickers, there's a bunch of stuff. Yeah, they, it's, a, it's a good photo mode. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I understand why this is packaged the way it was. It's definitely not a full game. It feels like a very weird experimental thing. But I think it's really cool. I'm going to, for sure, see it through to the end and then go back to play a little more. 3D World, because that's a really good 3D Mario game. Yeah. Oh, oh, speaking of experimental bits they've got going on here, uh, they do an interesting thing where <sighs> your power-ups are almost like a resource in this game. It's almost game. like you have an inventory. Yeah, you get like an inventory, um, where in a lot of Mario games, um, like, okay, um, they do this a lot in 3D World where you'll get a power-up and there'll be something way later in the level like you need a specific power-up for. And so part of the interesting platforming bits 
will be, okay, how do I get there with this same power-up? Um, which is cool. It's good. I, I like that about 3D World. Um, they do a different thing here where if you have a power-up, you can like store it in, in your inventory and switch between them to be able to change which suit you've it got It feels going. needed here specifically because the cat suit is so vital to a lot of the platforming in this. Yeah. Most of the game feels like it's built around the cat suit, but then occasionally you'll need something else. So in I'm torn on it. Like I feel like as far as like the general use goes, it feels much better to just okay, I need this suit. I've got like four of them saved up. It I, would it, be a problem like, without this solution where I need specifically a fire flower. I've got it. And I like that a lot from like a like grand scale view but i never feel like i have to do platforming outside of the cat suit yeah which the, the, i think I'm is pretty much always a in the cat suit yeah i feel like i feel like there should be more reasons why you'd want to not use that suit uh, and that's kind of my biggest complaint so far is like i will they don't say give you reasons to use anything other than that you can do a lot of that platforming in the Tanuki suit, but the presence of that suit seems a lot more scarce. They give you less of them, and it's, for all intents and purposes, just a worse cat suit in this game. In the context of this game, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I use it occasionally because, again, we're talking about an open Mario world. It's fun to fly as a Tanuki in, when you got, like, yeah. all this space to do it in. Oh, oh, oh. I don't know if you've gotten to this part yet, just from what you've explained, but they do a good job of having the open world change when you go back to yes. areas. Yes. Um, where like you'll go through an area and it'll be like the area is the same, but it'll be populated with much more dangerous enemies. And now there's a new shine over here. And yeah. Yeah. And they do a good job of kind of letting you wander back to another area and having a new challenge. Be present. That also, wasn't there before. I'm curious if you've given this any thought because it was weirding me out the whole time. Much like the presence of Shadow Mario in Super Mario Sunshine, you occasionally have encounters with a shadow enemy, but for some reason it's always Luigi. <laughs> yeah, that's been a little strange to me as well. Like, why is the shadow in this game that doesn't have Luigi in it a shadow Luigi? Why wouldn't it be Mario? <laughs> if anything. If anything. You'd think. Mario just fucking is really harboring some resentment towards his brother. Yeah, he's going through some things. Well, I have a question. Like, this game sounds really cool. I, I was looking online because I never played Super Mario 3D World. Uh, it's selling for 60 right now on the Switch, and that includes the, uh, the, the Bowser's Fury added on to it. Is there, do you guys feel like there's enough of a game or if it's good enough of a game to spend $60 if if you're a new player or you if you've already played 3D World and you already beat it and like you felt satisfied with that do you think there's enough here to spend $60 on it on the Switch For me there is especially if you've never played 3D World cuz 3D yeah. World is great um I like 3D World a lot it's been a long time since I've played it I I'm more than willing to to pony up 60 for this experience plus a, a definitive 3d world version yeah um i'm torn on that is there have been an awful lot of wii u remakes for the switch 
which are For absolutely excellent buys if you didn't own a Wii U because they are definitive editions with all the DLC, with all the bells and whistles, and a lot of times with additional upgrades on the Switch for versions of Wii U games. Um, still for full price. Um, I am frustrated that they have not allowed a way to just buy the new shit for a lot of these games. Yeah, that's... Um, this which, Especially since this seems like a separate thing. Like, if you could spend 30 on this, I would yeah. recommend that to people who have already played 3D World. Yeah, like, this is something I've been torn on a lot on the Switch upgrades to those Wii U games. Stuff like... I really wanted to play all the new Captain Toad levels, but I don't want to rebuy Captain Toad. Um, it, like they keep doing this, and it's frustrating, yeah. but also understandable because no understandable. one bought a Wii U. Yeah, like yes, it did not sell well. It makes sense to bundle it the way they did, but it's it's nevertheless a little frustrating. Frustrating, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I can I can agree with that simply thinking about another game that came out last year and that was the the trio Mario games that came out as remastered versions it i you know i was excited to buy super mario 64 and have it on my switch but i don't really feel compelled to play it and i don't know if i will ever actually play it i don't know if i'm just happy to have it for the sake of having it i just um, like knowing it's there i was more interested mm-hmm. yeah exactly but I was more interested in getting Sunshine and Galaxy because those are two games I've never played. I still haven't played Galaxy yet, but um, I've definitely played a lot of Sun. I played and beat Sunshine. And yeah, I, I wish that they would have packaged Bowser's Fury as a standalone, even if it was, mm-hmm. granted, $30 for this small content would, would have probably been a fairly big asking price, but I wouldn't have been as, you know, bummed about that, you know? I. I I, I'm sure Super Mario um, 3D World is a great game, but I don't know if I want to spend $60 on that. Not necessarily because it's bad or anything. I just I don't know if I want to spend that money right now. And it would have been cool to have been able to ben, be a part of this conversation with you guys and not having a $60 entry fee to yeah. a small DLC. I think that this is such a weird sort of thing that people would have picked it up and then wanted to play 3D World. I don't... I say that knowing that this thing is built on the 3D World engine, so I don't 3D know 3D World's also so different from this. It is, but, like, I, the power-ups are the same, the movement is the same, like, mechanically, this is the same game. It functions the same, but it's it's so different in practice. It is, but, like, kind of that's what I was getting at. Like, I feel like people would see this and be like, oh, I want to go just see some, like, straightforward Mario, but with these mechanics sort of a thing. And that's what After playing it. Um, However, I don't know if that would come across, because if you hadn't played 3D World first, it's not like they're signposting, like, hey, this is 3D World. We made something ridiculous with it. Um... At least it, from what I've seen, it doesn't seem like they are really doing that. Um, so it probably makes sense that it's bundled together. Yeah. Instead of, you know, assuming that it would convince people to get 3D World after playing this. Yeah. Okay. Well, 
Yeah, well, let's leave it there for now. We can check back up with you guys next week when you guys finish the game. I think it'll be a good place to leave it at. I, I don't know if you guys have anything major that you want to mention, but um, yeah, I, I, I'm curious about the game. Like, I, I love Mario games, and I'm curious about it. I just, I don't know if, you know, obviously right now, like I said, I want to spend $60, but I think if you guys are really enjoying it and it's a good co-op playing experience, then I think that'll encourage more people to want to buy it as well. Because more couch co-op games, especially during quarantine times, is always welcome. Totally. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, the last thing we have to do is Rich has something he wants to read yeah. on the podcast, I'm, I guess. I'm, so uh, I'm just going to throw it straight to him and let him do his thing. Thank you. Thank you, Shay. I'm going to keep it brief uh, with backstory here. As we all know, because we follow the news cycle, um, CD Projekt Red has been hit with some ransomware. And the, uh, the attackers have asked me to read this aloud to CD Projekt Red on the air. <clears throat> Hello, CD Project. Your have been epically pwned. We have dumped full copies of the source code from your perfect server for Cyberpunk 2077, Witcher 3, Gwent, and the unreleased version of Witcher 3. We have also dumped all your documents relating to accounting, administration, legal HR, investor relations, and more. Also, we have encrypted all of your servers, but we understand that you can most likely recover from backups. If we will not come to an agreement, then your source codes will be sold or leaked online, and your documents will be sent to our contacts in gaming journalism. Your public image will go down the shitter even more than people will see how you shitty your company functions. Investors will lose trust in your company and the stock will dive even lower. You have 48 hours to contact us. Oh my fucking God. And scene. Thank you very much. That was released today? Uh, Two or three days ago at this point. From when we're recording, that's what I thought. Yeah, like I, I don't think they told ago. everyone immediately whenever it happened, but yeah. But I really just wanted Recently. to read that uh, because yes, CD Projekt Red has been hacked, and uh, apparently they were hacked by a child from the nineties. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Well, that is interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how that develops. I'm pretty sure that some of those those uh, source codes have already been auctioned off into quote unquote, they, the they, dark they did report that they, they have already sold that stuff. The, the source code stuff is probably less concerning than like legal documents and stuff like that. And like employees, mm -hmm. personal informa information could very well be a part of like internal documents. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know how to feel like I want to feel bad for CD Projekt Red and I do. Yeah, I do. You hate this. Like, it's just like it is not it is not there. It's not even necessarily about feeling bad for the company. If this affects the employees and if any of their personal information is yeah. in that, that's who I feel bad for. The company will be will be that's fine. Exactly. That's mm -hmm. exactly who I feel bad for. Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of the information that got. Exposed here. Hurts the people who deserve it the least like at the end of the day the company itself will be fine it's the, the people this might has the the people this has the potential to affect yeah 
exactly exactly that's that's about where i'm at um what what i failed to put into words that rich has put into words so yeah i mean it's going to be interesting to see how that story develops over the coming weeks and excuse me coming weeks and months um but yeah yeah it's difficult and it's a tough situation and i hope that the employees especially some of the employees that are lower on the totem pole so to speak are not drastically affected by this because that would be yeah really really do hope not terrible Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but all right i think that's gonna do it is there anything else you guys want to mention before we uh get this dog and pony show i think i think that does it on the road i think so all right okay cool cool well i want to thank i guess since i'm closing the show out today um i want to thank rich thank you for being here today being your best self josh i want to thank you for being here being your best self morgan uh wherever the last one too is so good Uh, (laughs) there you go thanks morgan uh i want to thank you for being your best self except right now and um (laughs) just kidding and um thank you to you the fans who uh listen to us this week and we will be back next week for another episode of the chomp cast (laughs) 